There can be no other man to save burn three. No need to change. Keep it tuned to save Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning to life. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Express yourself. Good morning, my neighbor. City FM, your station. It's a refreshing lifestyle. City FM. 7.3 She wanna wave your hand in the air From side to side, everybody Yeah, 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 yeah
25 minutes past 6 Akese Brimpon leading The Bethel Revival Choir And what is called Bongo Praise A beautiful way to start your morning Welcome I really hope the song is blessing somebody. Surely there is an end, and your expectations shall not be cut off. Starting off with businesses brought to you by ADB with our special personal loan top up. You enjoy reduced interest rate, extended repayment period, and maintain your existing monthly repayment amount. Visit any of our branches or call 059 384 4898. 
It's called the ADB Special Loan Top Up. And this is the one I was waiting for. He's already waiting to bring you deliverance. Just behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he will eat with me. I heard something on uh, a podcast this morning which I thought would be nice for business sense. Uh, an interviewer was asking John Maxwell what was the right combination of many things for success. And he says you need a healthy mix of hope and anger. A healthy mix of hope and anger. And according to him, if you have anger without hope, you will just destroy yourself. But if you are hopeful without being angry... You will not really pay the price for change. So anger without hope is destructive. And hope without anger is just flabby. You, you won't pay the price for success. So you need a healthy mix of anger and hope to bring change to your life. A healthy mix of anger and hope to bring change into your life. Think about that. That was Business Sense brought to you by ADB Truly, a Greek and more. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS.
a lovely day. A lovely, lovely day. And I'm sure you know the unit of life is in days. That's why they call it the days of our life. And no matter how tall you grow, you can only experience life one day at a time. I think it's actually in seconds or microseconds. Yeah, well, we've made it a day to, to make it easy to process. So, as somebody said, some we, we tend to uh, over-exaggerate yesterday. And we put too much hope in tomorrow when all we have is today. Think about that. Tomorrow never comes, does it? But the tomorrow you are waiting for is the today you are experiencing now. So, Bill Withers says, it's going to be a lovely day. You can speak into your day. Amen! Don't overestimate what you can do tomorrow and don't over exaggerate what you did yesterday think about that so we overestimate what we can do tomorrow and we over exaggerate what we did yesterday and he says don't undervalue today because today is the only thing you have today is the only thing you have all right news reviews next brought to you by total energies marketing plc three-time company of the year in the petroleum sector three consecutive years meaning now we're a hall of famer we are committed to delivery of quality and innovative products and services to enhance customer experience and this is our promise we dedicate this award to our valued customers and i'm sure kukui and sky will agree today's so going to be a great day it's going to be a lovely day you are, you are, you are wearing a branded t-shirt oh my t- it's a branded t-shirt is it, is it like some uh, low-key advertisement contract oh, no, no, no. No, this no, no, no. brand ambassador no. thing. Oh well, I am a brand ambassador for Chango, is but, it? but I'm, it's this is like after the show thing. No, it's good. But, but you know what Chango is, Please right? Please make me a brand ambassador. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I can't wear t-shirt. It's a good CSR thing. Yeah, yeah. We, do, we do good things. For Brand people. ambassador. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, but I, you know, ambassador for many things. How much are they paying? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so we can no, share. this one it be it be CSR project. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody yeah. good. Yeah. We are. Uh, <laughs> chopping the team. <laughs> we're, we're making, helping people to raise funds for good causes. Yeah. That's what Chango does. Yeah. 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 We are doing goodwill for the it. people of Ghana no, the ah. people and beyond. Yes. <laughs> They're no, my plan now. You know this is a made in Ghana app for the world. Chango be serious, oh. Chango, 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 chango. If you stop, if you stop shouting every morning, <laughs> if, if you stop shouting, that people will give you a brand sponsorship. Oh, really? Half on January, January, that move. They got it. They got it. Yeah. Who will make you a brand ambassador? This is this is completely unacceptable. The government. Who will give you money? You let me shout you. Oh, let's let's start with the graphic. But I like the song. I want to love me if I used to say better. But I like the song. You should call me and make me brand ambassador. Calm down. This song, you see. Calm down. What is it? That song, Bernard. Yes, tell me about it. I use it for breath control exercise. Is it? You know he sustains a particular oh, a so long. Day. Yeah, I don't know how Bill Withers had that is, much is, air. Are you sure he didn't use some effects? No, I don't think so. I think like, he it was did like that. almost a minute. 
It's so long. A lovely day. So sometimes when I want to, when he, when I'm playing this song, I try to train my breath and say, okay, how long can I can I sustain with him? Wow, but it's hard. Nobody's been able to do uh, more. It's hard, Charlie. It's uh, good. Amazing stuff. It's a good anyway, exercise. anyway, so let's start with the headlines. Yes, we shall. Daily mm. graphic front page: ninety-six-year-old land dispute solved. <laughs> yeah, the case traveled from nineteen twenty-seven. The people who started the case have, have died. Charlie, yeah. their grandchildren have taken over. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Charlie, 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 Charlie. Anyway, government reaches revised agreement with banks. New utility tariffs are a nightmare for businesses. The AGI is speaking out. The state pays 6.5 million Ghana cities cost over delayed project and lackadaisical attitude risks 2030 rabies elimination target. A veterinary doc- uh, doctor is expressing worry about that. Let me take you to the Ghanaian Times. Big story on the front page uh, deals with the report we brought to you yesterday. Auditor General's report 26 ambulances valued at $4 million yet to arrive hmm. to support COVID-19 management. Also, Krobi Asante Technical um, Vocational School closed down indefinitely. That's the latest development on that matter. And then also, Pensioner Bondholder Forum engages former presidents on exemption from domestic debt exchange program. And farmer gets four years for stealing from police commanders Bangalore. Can you imagine? <laughs> The boldness. Okay. The business analyst from Page, net exports to become main driver of Ghana's economy in 2023. Also, outlook of 2023 crop season is good, Cocoa Bot assures, and agrees with Bank of Ghana banks to use its and banks to use its deposits to pay retailers. Also, use your time effectively to increase productivity when you get jobs. This is the GJA president advising uh, school graduates. And debt exchange, poor economic management is the cause of our crisis. Inusafetheni is speaking out here. Also, Kwisi Pratt says the Auditor General's report, the laws are clear of misapplication of funds. Let me take you to the finder. Big story says banks, government reach agreement on domestic debt exchange program. The details coming up. Also, BOG commercial banks agree to pay cocoa bills of retail investors. And 208.7 million COVID-19 projects uncompleted through do deadline exceeded. What, what, what are you reading? Hold on. It said 208.7 million COVID-19 projects uh-huh. uncompleted. Projects, Do, not projects. You were reading as if the word was like a verb. Projects. Pro- projects. So this is a, a noun project. Yes. Not project. a verb project. Uh-huh. Projects uncompleted. Uh-huh. Though the deadline has been exceeded. Do you understand? Mm. I get it now. Mm. Yeah. So the projects have not been finished even yeah. though the date they were supposed to have finished yeah, is passed. All right. Oh. And then also our responses were not factored into ages report, according to the Ministry of Information. All right. Okay. Let's go to graphic business. Debt exchange program. Insurance sector takes a huge hit. Hmm. 40% of their assets are in government securities. Hmm. Oh, hmm. I see. And after three years on, no show. Wow. Oh, every continental free trade agreement is three years already? Yeah. We've turned hey, it into where a, has time gone? We've turned it into a talk shop. No, 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 they are doing three, trading. I can't oh. believe it's been three we years. We haven't done anything. We haven't done anything. Even of the 53 it. countries, less than 10 of them are. Charlie, I should bring you my dissertation to oh, read. It's, it's just not to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The Bank of Ghana ponders over interest rate hike oh. and economy to weaken further in 2023. The Chronicle says you killed Mahama over his treatment of Paula Foku. The prosecution is telling Gregory Afoko in court. Mm-hmm. Also, Ministry of Local Government to refund some 285,000 Ghana cities to the government chest. Mm-hmm. And something here that says um, institutional investors to roll over 
maturing cuckoo bills. Okay, mm. before I go to the daybreak, on the back page of Graphic Business, mm. Premier League clubs sweat over spectators as financial burden bites. The business of football in Ghana, this is an interesting one, um, it's on the back page of Graphic Business. Why is our football not profitable enough for the teams? Mm. I don't know, because we love football, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, the daybreak newspaper, government reaches deal with banks. COVID-19, 29 million Ghana cities spent on unused isolation centers mm. and STEM schools placement portal opens. All right. Let me take you to the new crusade Guide, a very final paper for this morning. BOG financial institutions agree to roll over cocoa bales. Also, two police officers caught in contempt web over Botiman lands. Hmm. And somebody here is saying that consider debt swap, not domestic debt exchange. It's coming right. in from Dr. Saad Idrisu to government. Let's go online. Citynewsroom.com. The lead story is on education. Cancel freebies on free SHS policy to sustain it. Head teacher advocates. We'll hear the head teacher this morning. Also, the government lied. Gold for oil deal won't lead to cheaper fuel. This is the minority. Meanwhile, as you read, the banks have secured a 5% coupon for this year and other revisions uh, for the domestic debt exchange. Still on Citynewsroom.com. Uh, ECG 33 kV transformer raised by fire at Achimota Power Station. Savannah Region Education Directorate begs SHS students to report to school. They are begging them to come to school. There was a story in the graphic about dropouts, graphic center spread. I wanted you to touch on that as well. Over 1 million students of school going age are not in school. Now, the Savannah Region is asking students to report to school. And then... um, over 29 million cities spent on three isolation centers which were never used, according to Auditor General's report. In fact, Joy Online leads with a lot of Auditor General report stories. Government used COVID-19 as a facade to plunder, to plunder, according to Kwame Asielu Sapong. And then Yaudumelevo calls for shared charge of persons cited in Auditor General's COVID-19 report. Meanwhile, Minta Kando says, this is just a tip of the iceberg. Mm. Then education leadership professor says, SA says food shortage. There's a culture of silence among teachers. You mean SHS? Yes, SHS food shortage. Mm-hmm. There's a culture of silence among teachers. Mm-hmm. City Business News is leading with the DDE, Government and Association of Bankers, which agreement. And then City Sports, Ghana to play Cameroon or Niger mm-hmm. in, in quarterfinals, mm-hmm. Chan 2022. And then bench warmer to number one dialer at the Emirates in Ketia on song. <laughs> Which of the in Ketia? Our oh. in Ketia or the one who is? <laughs> you know, they actually look alike. <laughs> Benjamin in Ketia of City. Oh. Uh-huh. And Eddie in Ketia. You when when so. you look at Eddie in Ketia, you know the, the, the Ketia, the Kuru head? <laughs> Are you sure? Like, it was a, the, the flat back head. Well, you know, that's with this one. No, 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 no. Like, look, look very carefully. There was a day they were interviewing uh, the, the Arsenal in Ketia. If you look at his face, where was that? Then, uh, I think he was squinting with one eye at this. No, no. Have you noticed I, that they don't have like? Oh, you see this thing? They don't have tikopo. Tell it. Tell will be happy with you. Yeah, you know, it's like a nice cool head, very beautiful head. Let me give you two global stories. Seven dead in second California shooting in days, and. Um, then, this Zambia debt thing I was discussing last week. China delays Zambia debt deal over local loans, U.S. officials say. And Africa's largest economy to slow rate hikes before elections. That's Nigeria. And those are some of the stories we'll be discussing later on. Let's get into the details. Okay. Um, so, where are we taking off? Well, let me take you to the economy. Uh, mm-hmm. Because we're told that the BOG and commercial banks have agreed a deal to pay cuckoo bills of retail investors. And the mm. story says the Bank of Ghana says it has agreed to allow commercial banks to use Ghana Cocoa Board's deposits placements at the various banks to reduce the cash flow challenges 
on retail uh, holders mm. of cocoa bills um, who may not want a rollover of their investments. Now, a statement mm-hmm. issued in Accra said the decision followed a meeting on Friday, January uh, 20, 2023, amongst uh, the banks, um, Cocoa Board and BOG, during which it was agreed that all institutional investors will roll over their maturing cocoa bill for... So that was yesterday. Then the, the latest one is the 5% coupon for 2023. So now mm-hmm. the banks and the government have agreed on the domestic debt exchange. Mm-hmm. So that's the second story following this one. Yeah. The government has revised some terms of the DDE following discussions with the Ghana Association of Banks. Mm-hmm. Either to the new bonds under the program were not to accrue any interest until 2024, mm-hmm. starting a 0% coupon in 2023. But now the 2023 coupons is now 5% and it goes all the way to 10. And the average spread is now 9 or the average rate is now 9. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the banks and government have preliminarily agreed mm-hmm. on these and others. So, but what does that mean for the other investors who are not happy about, for instance, the bondholders and all these other people? No, but every group is meeting differently. So, the technical committee between the individual bondholders and government will present their report, I think, on Thursday. Yeah, but you see, that's what you warned against. Mm-hmm. The idea that people will be collecting small, 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 small will defeat their purpose. Yeah. So, I think something has got to be done. Which is why the graphic business front page is worrying. Okay. Insurance companies are not happy. At Forty percent of their assets are in government securities. Mm. The insurance sector will take a huge hit mm-hmm. of about forty percent on its investments as the deadline for the domestic debt exchange program approaches. Mm. Industry players and analysts are worried. Sector players were strongly pushing for an exemption from the exercise to enable it to honor its claim payments timelessly, but the government says total exemption is not an option. Mm-hmm. Data available to Graphic Business indicates that um, it amounts to about four point six billion Ghana cities that's directly exposed to government of Ghana. Uh, securities. An additional ten mm-hmm. percent was invested with licensed banks and fund managers, so that could also be caught up in the melee. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third quarter of last year's financial analysis shows that assets of non-life insurance companies stood at four point nine billion Ghana cities. Uh, life was six point six billion, so eleven point five three billion out of which forty percent is at risk of either being lost or placed in the worst state. Now, the new president of the Chartered Insurance Institute of Ghana, Mr. Solomon Latte, mm-hmm. warned that insurance companies might not be able Able to meet their obligations mm. with total liabilities amounting to over almost six billion Ghana cities under the current DDEP program. But the Minister of Finance, mm. Kenoforiata, warned last week that the government could not guarantee a total exemption of insurance companies under the program. Mm. The sector ca- challenges come at a time that the entire financial sector is facing severe challenges. Now, on education, oh. cancel free based on free SHS policy to sustain it. A headmaster spoke on eyewitness yesterday. Mm. An interview I'm going to replay this morning. Some head teachers of second cycle institutions are calling for the scrapping of some of the freebies accompanying the implementation of the free SHS. Now, they believe this would ease the pressure on government coffers, which would essentially provide an avenue for government to rechannel funds in provision of food. A head teacher who spoke to City News on condition of anonymity says his students are fed without protein and fruits. How did we move from... As the school has run out of such items, he says he doesn't remember the last time they gave students eggs and they don't even have one tin of sardine in the school. He also believes parents are ready and capable of supporting government to feed students and should be given the chance. Now, I want quickly to give me a center spread graphic story okay. yes, on Professor Anna Mensah who says over 1.2 million students 
or people of school going age out yes, of school? Out of school. These are children between the ages of four and 17. Mm-hmm. Like you said, over 1.2 million of them are not in school. The government should make conscious efforts to locate them and mm-hmm. put them in classrooms to ensure their proper development. So mm-hmm. Professor Jofus Anwar Mensah is saying this. Mm-hmm. He says failure to put such children in school could result in them developing into certain personalities who could create problems for everyone. Mm-hmm. He also called for increased investment in the education sector to ensure no one was left behind, irrespective of where they were located for the accelerated development of the country. Mm. And uh, this is yeah. according to the 20th You know, yesterday I, I brought to your attention the story about Child Rights International Sue, the Attorney General, regarding streetism Street and children, all of that. Yeah. So there's some connection in, yes. in that Yes, and then meanwhile, the Savannah Educational Directorate is appealing to parents mm-hmm. to let the awards return to school. So apparently, mm-hmm. uh, three weeks into reopening, most students are yet to report to secondary schools in the Savannah region. And I can understand some of this because for some of the families, some of the people may be working on farms mm-hmm. because maybe this may be the planting season. I don't know. The Savannah Regional Director of GS Hajia Katumi Nantogma, who made the appeal through City News, said the situation is worrying. She reminded parents that the timetable will not change for SHSs in the region. Mm-hmm. I'm appealing to parents in the Savannah region to allow our students to come back to school. Mm-hmm. We have reopened. And as of Friday, the attendance wasn't encouraging. Mm-hmm. So I want to tell parents that we have reopened and we are preparing to teach so parents should allow their children to come to school. This is serious. And better, let me just uh, plug into that because if you go to page 19 of the Ghanaian Times, there's a story there. 200 students of WA SHTS displaced by fire outbreak. The story mm. says at least 200 female students at the WA Senior High Technical School in the Upper West Region have been displaced following fire outbreak that raised the top floor of a two-story dormitory at the mm. school on Sunday night. Now, the fire was started around 8 p.m. destroyed personal belongings, provisions, and stationery, among uh, other things, amounting to hundreds of uh, thousands of Ghana cities. Mm. Now, eight students uh, fainted from uh, oh. panic after seeing the raging flames and were rushed to the war hospital uh, for. Can you give us highlights of the Auditor General Special I'll do COVID that audit? Before but let me do one more education story uh, mm-hmm. just to update all of us. Page mm-hmm. 13 of the Ghanaian Times has a story. Krobia Asante uh, Technical uh, Vocational School closed down indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story says Krobia Asante Technical and Vocational School has been closed down indefinitely by the District Security Council following acts of vandalism carried out by a group of students last Sunday. Now, this mm-hmm. followed the destruction of the lighting system, dining hall, uh, all the food in the storeroom of the school by the rampaging students. Meanwhile, they Shanti Regional Minister Simon uh, Ose Mensah has stated that the students who vandalize the property will bear the cost of the damage. Let now, me Auditor General. quickly give you some education okay. stories in the Daybreak newspaper. City FM, City TV, to refurbish dilapidated Islamic SHS dining hall and other facilities. That is featured here. Remember, we announced that live on air here on mm-hmm. CBS yesterday. Also, Guba has donated furniture to Sakurid Basic School in Upper East Region. Kudos to them. Uh, parents are complaining about government's arrogant posture, as they call it, mm. to the SHS food shortage. That's mm. also in the Daybreak. And the STEM school's placement portal is open. So this is for students who are interested in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics schools. Mm-hmm. The Ministry of Education has uh, released information saying that the portal is open now. It will give access to the list of new STEM senior high schools included in the 2023 school selection and placement process. Mm-hmm. And students who make the choices for those schools, the, those choices will take precedence over their okay. initial selection. Let's go to the audit report. Yeah. So if you go to page 13 of the Ghanaian Times, the story there says Auditor General's report 
26 uh, ambulances valued at 4 million US dollars yet to arrive to support COVID-19 management. Um, Jonathan Donko writing says Ghana is yet to receive 26 ambulances valued at 4 million US dollars which it ordered to support COVID-19 management. An Auditor General's report uh, on the country's COVID-19 expenditure has revealed that the report covering the period March 2020 to June 2022, revealed that the Ministry of Health signed a contract on December 15, 2021 for the supply of the Toyota Head uh, Deluxe um, uh, Ambulances. Mm-hmm. And it goes on to say that out of the total cost of uh, $4 million, and it goes on to give you some additional figures, the document said that 607419 U.S. dollars was paid for the vehicles to be delivered by January 15, 2022. That's over a year ago. Mm-hmm. But they remained undelivered as of on November 28, 2022. Now, it said the chief director of the ministry attributed the delay to a request made by the unnamed supplier for extension to enable the supplier to meet some technical specifications. And there's a lot of stories on this. If you go to my John online, Yaldo Melevo, who is a former auditor general, is mm-hmm. calling for surcharge of persons cited in the Auditor General's COVID report, mm-hmm. former AG, Auditor General, has suggested that persons responsible for various infractions in the COVID expenditure report by the Auditor General should be surcharged. Mm-hmm. Uh, responding to these infractions, he said the AG should immediately serve notice of surcharge and disallowance to persons responsible for the infractions. Now, there's a CDD fellow mm-hmm. who says government used COVID-19 as a facade to plunder uh, the, the country. Mm-hmm. Kwame Asiru Sapon, who's a research fellow at CDD, is accusing government of siphoning funds in the guise of COVID-19. According to the pharmacist, the huge sums of money government received in donations should have been enough to forestall the debt problem in the country that the country is currently facing. Over 21 billion CDs was mobilized to mitigate the impact of the pandemic in Ghana. However, government is currently at the doors of IMF looking for $3 billion. Now, the $21 billion is about $2.5 billion. Now, while government conducts a controversial domestic debt exchange program, the Auditor General has released a report on COVID-19 expenditure between May 2020 and June 2022. Now, the CDG fellow insists these infractions detailed in the said report make it difficult to accept the government's use of the pandemic response measures as justification for the financial crisis. In actual fact, COVID gave us a bounty based on what the Auditor General has said. We are the IMF and our economy is in shambles because we use COVID as a facade to do very bad things. Extremely bad and diabolical things. We use COVID to plunder the state, he said on Monday. Well, well AGI is speaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, they're talking about the new utility tariffs and how it's a nightmare for businesses. The CEO of the Association of Ghana Industries, Seth Chumakwabwa, issued a statement. He said, we acknowledge this review is in line with the quarterly ad- automatic adjustment as required of the regulator. We do appreciate the changes in the key determinants for tariff fixing since the last review in August 2022. However, the AGI stated that the level of utility tariff increments for water and electricity as captured in the PURC's release were too high for industry to bear, particularly at this time. He said, we reckon that our utility companies need to recover costs to sustain their operations, but where end-user tariffs get to unbearable levels, its effect could be dire for both industry and the utility companies. Now, the PURC says the new tariff review is occasioned by exchange rate volatility, rising inflation, generation mix, and weighted average cost of natural gas. Mm-hmm. Your AGI is not uh, happy. There's I'll- a statement from the Ministry of Health. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, let me just give you the last two paragraphs. Um, basically reacting to the, the matters, Auditor General's report. Yeah, that's right. Matters having to do with vaccine expiring. You know, it's actually six paragraphs, actually eight paragraphs. Mm-hmm. But let me read the last um, two, you know, like the last four paragraphs for mm-hmm. you. So then you, you get what is it. In the meantime, the ministry continues to work with the AVAT for a possible review of the contract and would want to assure the public of our commitment to work in the supreme interest of the public. Now, COVID-19 is not over, <laughs> and government will still require some vaccines for continuous vaccination, as some countries around the world are experiencing fresh waves. We humbly encourage the general public to patronize the ongoing immunization program. And then finally, thank you. Now, you see, why I'm raising these issues is that, look, you have wasted time uh, for some reason over a million or so vaccines expired. Mm. Someone is telling us that it's normal that we went to spend money. No, he said. No, what he said was that the, some vaccines that are brought as gift donations, uh-huh. some of them are brought close to expiry, so it's normal for vaccines to to those vaccines to go bad. He did not say that vaccines they purchased with ma- money went bad. I interviewed him yesterday. Okay, whatever yeah. it is, Bernard, mm. the point is that mm. how do you receive vaccines and wait for it to expire? Well, maybe because Meanwhile, we are told that we've uh, vaccinated only in excess yeah. of... How many yesterday, he was in Kumasi saying that the vaccine hesitancy should stop because a lot of people don't want to take the vaccine. So that's the other problem. You can bring the vaccines in, but if people are not willing to take them, you might as well leave them. To yeah, but that is your job. That's why you are there in public health. That's a good point. Let me give you two international stories. Um, this is France 24. Burkina Faso confirms demand that French troops leave. Yep. We need to be careful here. The Burkina Faso government clarified on Monday that it has asked ex-colonial ruler France to pull its troops out of the insurgent hate country within a month. Mm-hmm. France deploys about 400 special force soldiers in the Burkina Faso, but relations have deteriorated and tensions have soared in recent months. Yep. Now, the French, gov- the Burkina Bay government says we are terminating the agreement which allows France forces to be in Burkina Faso. Government spokesperson Jean-Emmanuel Wadrago told radio television to Burkina. This is not the end of diplomatic relations between Burkina and France. He added, the termination is normal and is foreseen in the terms of the agreement. And we know that Burkina Faso is going through a lot of trouble. No, but generally, I mean, there's some growing uh, hostility towards um, the French in, yes. in, in West Africa. Yes. Um, similar things are happening in Chad, for instance. And because Burkina Faso and Mali are all turning towards Russia as a partner, mm-hmm. uh, Russia is a reasonable choice in this dynamic. Burkina Faso, Burkina Bay Prime Minister Apollonaire Chilem de Tembela said last week after talks with the Russian ambassador and a December visit to Moscow. So remember the president of Ghana said that mm-hmm. the Burkinabe government had paid... The Wagner uh, Yes, and this story is confirming this. Mm-hmm. So the Burkinabes and the Malians say it's better to deal with the Russians. And all of us need to be very careful here mm-hmm. because it inevitably affects us. Thank you, Gov. Uh, Thank you. Kukui and Richard. Michael Obodu is here with the news. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard. Hello and welcome to the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN World Enterprise Life, your Advantage Access Bank, Modern Banking, and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. Coming up, government and the Ghana Association of Banks reach agreement on domestic debt exchange program. Also, agricultural sector players call for immediate inclusion of agro inputs in Tax Exemptions Act 2022.
Now to details of our stories. Finally, there is agreement between the government and the Ghana Association of Banks over the domestic debt exchange program. The association had earlier instructed commercial banks to hold off on approving the revised debt exchange offer until its members' needs were satisfied. They claimed that the key reason for this was the lack of confidence surrounding how the debt restructuring would affect the banking sector. In a joint statement, both parties have agreed to pay 5% coupon for 2023 and a single coupon rate for each of the 12 new bonds, resulting in an elective coupon rate of 9%. Clarity on the operational framework and terms of access to the Ghana Financial Stability Fund and the removal of amendment of all clauses in the exchange memorandum that empower the Republic to as at its sole discretion, vary the terms of the exchange. However, the statement further added that the GAB recognizes the progress made and notes that participation of its member banks in the DDEP per the new terms is subject to each individual bank's internal governance and approval processes, but in any case, not later than 30th of January 2023. This is a major milestone in addressing the country's current economic challenges as the government races against time to secure an international monetary fund program to remedy the situation in the country. Now, on the interbank foreign exchange market, where banks trade amongst themselves, the dollar gained 4 pesos and is selling at 10 CDs 40 pesos. The British pound gained 6 pesos and is selling at 12 CDs 86 pesos. The euro also gained 1 peso and is selling at 11 CDs 3 pesos. However, at some forex bureaus in the capital, the dollar is selling at 12 CDs 90 pesos. The British pound at 15 CDs 55 pesos and the euro at 13 CDs 60 pesos. Now, away from that, stakeholders in the agricultural sector are calling on Finance Minister Ken Oferiata to expedite the inclusion of agricultural inputs and goods in the Tax Exemptions Act 2022. According to them, the country will greatly benefit if adequate provision for the agricultural sector is made. Addressing the media, Executive Director of the Peasant Farmers Association, Dr. Charles Nyaba, says the government should be interested in policies and actions that reduce cost of doing agribusiness rather than counterproductive ones. Most agro-based industries are sinking and others are folding up due to higher cost of raw materials. The government should rather be interested in policies and actions that reduces cost of doing business in the agricultural value chains rather than counterproductive policies like import duties on agro-based products. He further called on government to revise the Exemptions Act to include agricultural goods and equipment in the list of exemptions. We are calling that the Minister of Finance, as a matter of agency, speed up in granting the request by the Minister of Food and Agriculture and grant exemptions to the agricultural commodities as captured in the application letter. This decision should be taken immediately without any further delays as international prices of these goods might escalate and if you continue to wait, uh, it will not be good for us. Two, that the government and parliament take a second and swift look at the Exemption Act and take steps to amend and specifically include agricultural goods and equipment in the list of exemptions. The decision to have agricultural commodities being considered as general goods and giving discretion to a minister is dangerous. It's a dangerous move, which might not augur well for the sector in going forward. 
That was the executive director of the Peasant Farmers Association, Dr. Charles Nyaba. Away from that, tax consultant Dr. Alex Ampabing has commended the government for the establishment of the Independent Tax Appeals Board. However, raises concerns about some bottlenecks that may impede the operations of the board. This report has the rest of the story. Last week, the Finance Minister, Ken Oferiata, swore in the first members of the Independent Tax Appeals Board. The board, which is established in line with the Revenue Administration Amendment Act 2020, Act 1029, is mandated to hear and determine appeals against decisions of the Commissioner-General with respect to objects to tax decisions under Section 43 of the Act. Tax consultant Dr. Alex Ampabing is pleased that the introduction of the board will bring some progress in addressing tax-related disputes in the country. The decision to set up the Independent uh, Appeals Board to support tax arbitration between taxpayers and the Ghana Revenue Authority, I do think is a brilliant idea, even the thought of it is good. Considering the current tax administration setup, there's so much power given to the Ghana Revenue Authority and subsequently the Commissioner General. The GRA is more or less a self-regulator. Any tax dispute has to go through the Commissioner General. And if a taxpayer disagree with him, it's only at the point that the taxpayer can seek a redress at the law court. And because it's only the GRA Commissioner General having to preside over so many cases, most likely will be delayed responses to uh, dispute issues. On the other hand, there still are concerns he feels must be addressed. Where do we place this board? Do they come in after the GRA and the Commissioner General have met with the taxpayer and they have disagreed on a dispute, or the board is coming in at the first point of call. There is another question. Where is their legitimacy? Because clearly, Ghana Revenue Tax Administration is all embedded in the Tax Administration Act and the associated uh, laws that we have. This body, where do they draw their powers from? Where is their legitimacy? So it's, it's, there's, a, there's a, quite a few things that definitely we will need to uh, address going forward. That was tax consultant Dr. Alex Ampabing ending that report. Now, the Ghana Investment Promotion Center, GIPC, is urging players in the African extractive sector to consider pushing for an indigenous policy and agency that will regulate the export of its natural resources. This, the investment center believes, will place premium value on the minerals turned out on two other continents. The chief executive officer of the center, Yofi Grant, made these comments at a press briefing in Accra on the topic update on the first annual assembly of African Investment Promotion Agencies. As a region, it's very important that we take advantage of the AFCFTA because it virtually puts us into one tariff-free block that we can optimize to bring about wealth creation on the continent. Admittedly, if you look at the business environment of the continent, only about some 480 companies on the continent generate revenues of a billion dollars a year. We, and of, of that 480, significantly a lot of them are multinationals. And so it's about time that we actually facilitate real indigenous growth on our ground. And um, this meeting is going to discuss how we can work together as investment promotion agencies to optimize the opportunity that we have on the continent. 
And of course, as you all well know, the direction that Ghana has chosen under the maximum of a Ghana beyond aid is to add value to our raw materials and resources. And so even as we go out to attract investors, we are attracting investors who we believe strategically can enable us add value to our mineral resources so we don't have to export. That was the Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana Investment Promotion Center, Yofi Grant. Let's now join Mark Jordan Sikanate of Data Bank for the latest update on the bonds market. Last week, the Ghanaian Central Bank missed the Treasury auction target by 20%, as aggregate bids standard March bids accepted at 1.93 billion Ghana cities. Yields on the 91-day tenure increased to 35.63%, Whilst yields on the 182-day and the 364-day tenures declined to 35.81% and 35.56% respectively. On the flip side, market activity advanced 319.2% week on week with a total volume of 2.11 billion Ghana cities, whilst the data bank bond index slipped to 80.91 points with a weighted yield to maturity of 36.78%. That was Mark Jordan Skanate of Data Bank. And that does it for the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN Guel Enterprise Life, your advantage access bank, modern banking, and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Michael Obudu. Thank you for listening. Have a good business day. And as always, please stay safe. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. Twelve minutes past seven. Still on the city breakfast show. We we'll focus a bit on education this morning. There's another story we didn't read earlier. This is on my journal. It says SHS food shortage. There's a culture of silence among teachers. Educational professor says. And he's a professor of educational leadership at the University of Cape Coast, George Drew, has bemoaned the current victimization some head teachers face when they speak against government. According to him, senior high schools are facing numerous challenges, particularly shortage of food. However, school authorities are refusing to speak about the situation. This, in his view, is due to the culture of silence the government has gradually instituted in the educational system. I've tried talking to many head teachers who confide in me when I ask them, why don't they come out and speak about their problem? They will say, Prof, you want me to talk? No, please. I want to retire peacefully. So there's a culture of silence. People are zipping their mouths because of what we call insti- intimidation. Well, more on this and other stories later on. 13 minutes past 7. Kickoff is next. Brought to you by Leshehui. And the news is that you need to update your records with us. The Ghana card per the director of the BOG is now the only accepted form of ID for all financial transactions. Visit any Lesheo branch near you, update your records with the Ghana card and enable us to serve you better. Call us on 0302-208-333 or 0574-065-958. Lesheo, let's improve life.
Dominic Kites joining us with the sports news for the day. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Bernard. Let's get into the headlines of Ghana's Black Galaxies to face either Cameroon or Niger in the next round of the Chan Tournament. Everton sack manager Frank Lampard and in the NBA, there were wins for the Magic, the Bucks and the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Start off from the camp of the Black Galaxies and they will face Cameroon or Niger in the quarterfinals of the ongoing Chan tournament on Saturday. Now, this was confirmed after Madagascar beat Sudan by three goals to nil to top Group C. Ghana finished second with six points following a 3 1 victory over Sudan and were awarded three points for Morocco's withdrawal from the competition. One of either Cameroon or Niger can pick the only qualification slot from Group E when they face off later today. Let's get to some other stuff. Staff and Communications Director of the Ghana Football Association, Henry Asantichum, says the association was advised by its legal team against appealing the ban uh, handed to the under-17 women's national team, the Black Maidens. Now, the Black Maidens were banned from participating in the next two editions of the under-17 women's World Cup qualifiers and fined $100,000 after being found guilty of age-cheating allegations. Now, according to the Communications Director, not appealing was in Ghana's best interest. We, we did not appeal again because we looked at the case. We, we analyzed the merits and demerits of the case and the legal team advice we, we don't have. What, what happened was that before the two games against Morocco, we had played the Moroccans on four occasions in international friendlies. Apparently, they had dug into you know the background of some of the players. Now, it's the responsibility of clubs. The responsibility lies on clubs to register players. And when it is that we find out um, in terms of any malpractice, we take action. Unfortunately, nothing of a sort came out when we were registering the, those players. Then later, Moroccans hinted us that they've got uh, information on our players and they have Ghanaians who provide them that information to them and they're 100% sure that um, the information is nothing but the truth. We requested for the information. Um, unfortunately, it happened that some of the players in, in the team at the time uh, were not of the required age. But at that time, they had already played the first leg. Communications Director of the Ghana Football Association, Henry Asantichum. He was speaking to Star FM in that interview. Now let's get to some other stuff and experience. Ghanaian Football Administrator Jonathan Abipobi has questioned Kwesia Pia's application to be Black Stars head coach for a third time. According to him, the factors that hindered the 62-year-old stings in charge of the senior national team still exist. Abipobi spoke to City Sports. Kwesia Pia shouldn't have applied. Because in his own book that he has written, I think even former President John Dramani Mahama name is in. And he has mentioned some names, those people who were not given him chance, you know, to do his work. These people, what are they? Are they not, not still in existence? So why we say we are coming back? We are not serious. We can get a standby coach for the meantime and then uh, establish a, a, a search committee. If it would take us a year or two to make sure we get a competent coach, that would be better than what they are doing. 
Now he also eulogized the late GFA chairman Alhaji MND Jawola, who passed away on Sunday in the United States. Well, may he so rest in peace. Alhaji Jawola uh, is a, a good man. He has done a lot to Ghana Football Association. His human relationship is very, very good. He is not bossy like some earthly president who has come and gone. So may he so rest in peace. I think he has paid his role. Football. Virtual football administrator Jonathan Abe Pobi speaking there. Let's get to some other stuff. And Galka chairman Kujo Fianu believes the introduction of e-ticketing in Ghana football was a rash decision. The e-ticketing was launched by the government last year to address corruption in Ghana football and also make it easier for fans to purchase tickets. However, some critics have attributed the poor attendance at Ghana Premier League venues to the new ticketing system. Speaking to City Sports, Kujo Fianu insists that there could have been broader consultation before the introduction of the initiative. Well, I will not run away from that fact. It's also playing a part. And uh, we are doing the best that we can because that is the way to go. We cannot live in isolation. I don't see uh, football being played uh, at some city and some jurisdictions where people have to go and queue before buying tickets. You can buy tickets online. You can buy tickets, advanced tickets. So it is something that will work out. But I think that we rush into taking uh, that decision. Uh, and when we need some, for instance, the the network around some of the venues are so poor that in trying to assess the e-ticketing, but I would I wouldn't blame e-ticketing alone on what is, what, what is happening because there are areas the e-ticketing is only being done uh, at venues that belong to the uh, government. For instance, Accra Sports Stadium, Kumasi Sports Stadium, Tamale Sports Stadium. For now, so you cannot blame e-ticketing on Doma. You cannot blame e-ticketing on. Uh, you cannot blame e-ticketing on those stadia where e-ticketing are not being done. So it is, it is one of the, uh, the factors, though, but I don't think it's a major factor as when you want to cover the whole country. If you are talking about Accra Sports Stadium, uh, Kumasi Sports Stadium, or Tamale, I may say, okay, yes, e-ticketing. But we are not practicing e-ticketing uh, across board. You had Galka chairman Kujo Fianu speaking there to some foreign news and Everton Football Club have sacked manager Frank Lampard after Saturday's 2-0 defeat by West Ham left them 19th in the league without a win in 10 matches in all competitions. Lampard's dismissal follows Everton owner Fahad Mushiri attending his first match since October 2021 as the Toffees succumbed to a defeat at the London Stadium, their third consecutive defeat in the league. Now the former Chelsea boss arrived at Goodison Park in January 2022 and although he helped the club avoid a drop last season, he leaves Everton with 15 points from 20 games and 3 wins this term. The West uh, victory record in the division. Now Everton are 19th on the table with only Southampton below them on goal difference. So Lampard has been done away with. Let's get to some recap of a Monday night action uh, between Fulham and Tottenham Hotspur. Harry Kane scoring the only goal uh, of yesterday's game that was played so Tottenham running away 1-0 winners over Fulham. Three points in the bag for Spurs. Let's hear from Spurs head coach Antonio Conte. Yeah, a good answer. A good answer of uh, all my players. After two defeats against Arsenal and Manchester City, not forget 
we are talking about the first and the second at the table. I ask to my players to show me some characteristics that uh, I, I saw last season. The desire, uh, the, the will uh, to, to help each other into the pitch, to suffer in the moments that uh, during the game happen that you have to suffer. And uh, today, yeah, but today we didn't suffer a lot, but... I, they were ready. They were ready, and uh, has to be a starting point for us against uh, a team that, in my, in my opinion, is the, the really surprise in this, uh, in this season. With a win, they could uh, overcome us on, on the table, and uh, to win uh, away here is not easy. And uh, for this reason, uh, I'm, uh, I'm really happy. Tottenham Hotspur head coach Antonio Conte speaking then. Now later today, there's a Carabao Cup semi-final between Southampton and Newcastle. It's the first of the semi-final. So we will be here with live radio commentary and analysis for that particular game. Let's do some transfer-related news in Arsenal. Have signed Jakub Kiria from Syria outside Spezia for €20 million Euros on the deal running until 2027. The 22-year-old Polish defender offers much-needed support for Mikel Arteta's squad in their title push with Brazilian defender Gabriel having played every Premier League game so far this season. Kirio matches the profile of players the club have set out to sign. Now he has won nine caps for Poland and started all four of their matches at the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Let's finish off with some basketball from the NBA. It was a high-scoring encounter between the Detroit Pistons and the Milwaukee Bucks. 150-130 is how it ended. Very high-scoring game there. The Orlando Magic again have beaten the Boston Celtics 113-98. How game played out the Chicago Bulls also beating the Atlanta Hawks and then it was the Houston Rockets defending home court against Anthony Edwards and the Timber Wolves. The Jazz also defended home court against the Jazz. The Trail Blazers bounced back from that defeat to the Lakers to beat the San Antonio Spurs and then the Sacramento Kings. They continue to be impressive this time beating the Memphis Grizzlies 133-100. to So that's how it played out in the NBA last night. That's all for this morning's edition of Kickoff. My name is Benjamin Inketia. Kickoff was brought to us by Lesheho. The more sports at citysportsonline.com. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Power of the 
7.31, a few quick birthday requests coming in. Happy birthday to Mrs. Abetanana Akosia Daite, the school prefect of all January bonds. Hope you feel nothing but love and appreciation throughout the day. May God bless you and guide you to fulfill your desires from your twin, Maxwell. Happy birthday to engineer Bernardo Usudankwa Daddy Posh. Wishing you a truly wonderful and amazing birthday, my love. You deserve all the good things in the universe. I pray the Lord God fills you with uncountable blessings from your loving wife, Eugenia Dankwa. From Francis Edu PhD Media Group to Miss Fidelia Kusi of the Tema Fish and Harbor. A wonderful birthday to you. May this new age treat you to wonderful and, ple- and pleasant surprises. May, your age, may you age gracefully. Happy birthday, dear. And happy birthday to Daniel Tonyiga. Coming in from your wife, Marlene. Thanking you for yesterday. For making her birthday special. Wow, you do back-to-back birthdays. That's nice. So, Daniel uh, Tonyiga. Celebrating your birthday today, coming in from your wife Marlene. And you know, Marlene was on the Heritage Caravan last year. Mm, oh, mm, yes. mm. And by the way, the uh, Heritage Caravan 2023 is yeah, now yeah. officially sold hmm. out. Officially. officially sold out. So, out your if, at court. Yes, so if you if you haven't if you haven't registered or paid, please don't do so anymore. All the available slots have been duly taking when i was now them. arranging myself to now that come and pay the something no 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 you are not part as for you we can ship you there on a different so, note so what, if, what if someone like sent the money this morning no 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 no, we no what happens? in fact we we, we we stopped accepting monies yesterday yes. okay so i think the last slot was taken on sunday mm-hmm. oh. so if you come by and say you are paying uh. the heritage caravan is officially sold out That's sold out That's yes you. sold out so we have three full buses uh-huh uh, seven days, thank you. 13 regions, uh-huh. over 12 tourist attractions or destinations, about 150 people, mm. and an amazing trip. Wow, with we'll one, be, we'll be seeing Ghana, one media house. I see. So that's uh, the Heritage Caravan. We'll tell you more about that. In mm-hmm. fact, the whole of March is our Heritage Month, mm-hmm. and we have some really exciting things coming on radio and television. Mm-hmm. But for me, the caravan is the most exciting thing I've done in mm. years. And I think you should be on it one of these days. Yeah. But that's a different conversation for a different day. So please, if why, you, why, if what you, is this one of these days business? I thought you committed live on air no, the no, other no, day. No, no, it's up to you. If you want to your one of these no, days. Do you want to be on a caravan? Yeah, why not? Okay. <laughs> why should you go and be shouting and say, complete and acceptable? This is, we don't like it. I, I think what you have to do is send yeah, Sky ahead yeah. to the Volta. You know, yeah. you're standing at Volta region. Yes. So send him to go and stand at the border yes. of Volta and welcome people with a song. It's true. So when the, the, the bus, as the bus is coming, Sky yes. will be standing at and the welcoming border, us. border welcoming everybody. Bus of Orali. A few more coming in. Ben, I please wish my mother in law, Lydia Ablo, happy 80th. I wish her God's abundant blessings and good health for my son in law, Nathan. Also wishing my sister Amma Jomo, I see a happy birthday. You've been a good sister and made the life of a managing a sister very calm. Coming from Kofi AC. And before I get into t- today, there's only one thing on my mind. Mm. 
No, okay, not one actually. I can actually, guess. actually, two things. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the first one is uh, schools. Yeah. Schools. Hmm. The, the state of our schools. No, no, the borders they grow lean. Charlie, hunger. The borders they grow lean. It's not good. And also, I'm I'm worried about something. And I'm told that in some places, treasure is worrying them. Bed bugs. Oh, terribly, and, a lot of and there can't be fumigation because for some reason they don't have money yes. to do it. And in those cases, fumigation alone is not enough. For mm. bed bugs, it's not enough. <laughs> so, so headmistresses yeah. and headmasters have become serious economists, mm. buying things on credit, which credit they are unable I, I to pay for. School, I was in the school some time back, and the head teacher, her hair had grown like grey because he was on the phone. Ah. Would they bring oil next week? Oh, we have to intercept some oil here. You oh. know, after what about rice? Oh. Charlie, people are eating garlic bar every day. Oh, it's serious. We'll deal with that shortly. We'll deal with that serious. shortly. But before I get into that, the University of Ghana Business School has opened application for its one-year sandwich master's programs, mm. including MSc Accounting and Finance, mm. Clinical Leadership and Management, MSc Financial Risk Management, Hospitality and Tourism Management, International Business, Marketing Strategy, Organizational Leadership and Governance, Procurement and Supply Chain Management, and Public Sector Management. Now you can go to our website ugbs.ug.edu.gh or call 0303-964-338. That's 0303-964-338. Speaking of which, later this morning, I'll be speaking to the Chief Executive of the Petroleum Commission, Egbert Fibil. Mm. And Egbert is going to be speaking at the University of Ghana's um, uh, 75th anniversary lectures. So we have a number of eminent Ghanaians speaking at these lectures. Egbert is one of them, and he will be speaking tomorrow on oil transitions, or energy transitions, I should say. So uh, I'll be hosting Egbert at 9.30 this morning as he delivers one of the first in the series of the 75th public lectures or UG at 75. So Egbert is my guest from 90. Ask him about what he'll be talking about, his tra- his own transition. You know, it's energy transition. <laughs> he also transitioned from journalist to lawyer to chief executive of the Petroleum Commission. So that's uh, for later on. Before that, my guest is Doris Ahiati. She's on the Effective Living series, Practical Ways to Manage Your Money in Difficult Times. Mm. So Doris is on at 9 o'clock. Effectively, this is brought to you by Enterprise Insurance and um, Hallmark Freight and Logistics. And speaking of enterprise, this year's Enterprise Motor Insurance promo year a different. Mm. Ah. Simply buy or renew your motor insurance with Enterprise and win instant gifts such as fuel coupons, branded gift items and qualify for the monthly raffle draws with amazing rewards. And you, when you buy your motor insurance from Enterprise, you stand the chance of winning an iPhone 14, a washing machine, a high pressure car washer, vacuum cleaner, auto tire inflator and in the final month a premium crotch rocket motorbike. Wait no more. Call your insurance broker, agent or visit any enterprise branch for your motor insurance and get free fuel coupons and be the possible winner of these amazing rewards at our monthly draws. And this is from January to June. This promo is regulated by the National Lottery Authority on the Caritas Lottery platform. Enterprise, your advantage. 
And in this day and age where rent charges are astronomical, the cost of land for building are skyrocketing, and landlords are giving tenants a hard time, owning a decent, affordable home is not a luxury, but a necessity. Mm. Ugo Flip is here to make the home ownership journey realistic, fun, and more affordable than you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Ugo Flip is a real estate gaming company. They reward houses as prizes in three easy steps. Wow. You log on to www.ugoflip.com, you register with the phone number or email address, and you buy as many tickets as possible. Mm-hmm. You stand a chance of winning a house at Prime Prime or weekly game prizes or one of many consolation prizes. And what makes Ugo Flip uh, unique is that even if you don't win the ultimate prize, which is always a house, mm-hmm. Ugo Flip will reward you with loyalty points equivalent to $3 per ticket. And you can use that as a down payment toward your next home or with affiliated property developers. And for, for those of you who are celebrating birthdays and sending birthday shouts, I, I think that a caveman watch will be a very yeah. good present for a birthday. So it's a global standard luxury wristwatch made right here in Ghana. And it's really what I call a timeless gift. Now we are getting a whopping 50% discount on the cost of customizing a name inside any of their exquisite luxury watches this season. Mm. And this offer is on until 15 February. Very nice. Now go to social media, look for at Caveman Watches. And you can even walk to our showroom and factory. We're on the Adringano Road adjacent the new AstroTev. Place an order or just join the making process of your own bespoke luxury watch. Mm-hmm. Imagine a watch with the sky's name in it. Yeah. The I've sky one. one, actually. Oh, it's a caveman it's watch. It's a caveman. See, my name is down there. Oh, it's really lovely. I didn't Thank know it's a caveman you. watch. It's a caveman watch. Wow. See? I like the wow, color. Thank I you. I like the color. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah it's wow. a caveman. So you can call 055-751-6744. Or that's 055-751-6744. Or visit cavemanwatches.com for more information. Mm. Caveman Watches, be remembered. <laughs> yes, and you will be. Good yeah. morning to Anthony Jamafe. Yes, Wonderful business. Yes, please. Prospectus Ghana. Our mm. dear friends at Prospectus Ghana have introduced a new short code. Mm. It is star 447 star 899 hash and this is to help parents and guardians make installment payments towards items required for their ward school admissions mm-hmm. use it it's safe and convenient mm-hmm. prospectus ghana also provides a one-stop shop for all your school items and they supply good quality brand chalk white a4 sheets uh-huh. for all printing jobs locate them on the graphic road opposite toyota ghana or call 0500 600 607 right. prospectus ghana your one-stop shop for all school items and stationery and this is important because SHS students need food. Umaru Sanda called up a head teacher yesterday to talk about the state of boarding facilities, the state of food, the state food availability, the state of just managing schools. We, we will not mention the teacher's name, but uh, here is the interview. Situation in your secondary school and in secondary schools that your other friends are heads of. Thank you, Omaro. I keep on saying that the best thing educationally that has happened to our country is a free SHS. But I beg to differ about its implementation. We know the government alone cannot do it. And we keep drumming into the government here that it cannot shoulder the burden of parents. Parents who have what it takes to take care of their children are being denied to take care of their own children. You know, um, in this world, we have classes. Whatever you think, I don't mind. We have classes. Some of us can take care of our children. Some cannot. So why don't we look for those who cannot and the government helps them? 
We have the leap, right? That is for the poorest of the poor, and the government grants them what? Loans. How did they get them? How? Because if you look carefully, you will get those who really, really, really. So let me come back to your case. You see, my brother, things are not going on well for especially heads. Those of us who manage our schools, it's so difficult. Let's go to food items. A school would have uh, 3,000 students are giving eight bags of flour. How many days do you think the eight bags would do for 3,000 students? It is that, my brother. When you are giving... And this eight bags of flour that is given you for this population of students is to last you officially how long? I mean, what is so when they give it to you, how long do they expect you to use it for? But in practical terms, it will take you up to two weeks. But what do they expect you to use it for? How long? Is it, is it, is it for a whole term? Do they give you eight bags for a whole term or they give it to you for oh, a month? Or how do that they? Is what, that's what we have been given. That's what we have been given. We don't know when the next consignment will come. So always we cross our fingers, looking for mana. Hello. I'm listening to you. Yeah, looking for mana to fall. That. Hello. I'm listening to you. Yes, my brother. That is what we are experiencing. Now, looking for mana to fall. So as we've been given eight bags, we don't know the next. Confirming my brother. Do do they give you money as headmasters to use for shopping to provide food for the schools? No. All that we are giving is money for perishables. When we're talking about perishables, we are talking about tomatoes, uh, fish, uh, pepper. Those kind of, you know, you know, when we call perishables, things that will not last for long. That's the perishables. And how much do they give? Do they give it? Is there a flat figure for every school or the considerable no, number of students? Is, it is, it is based on the number of students you have. How much do they pay per student? I think it's one to the fifty pesos. One to the fifty pesos per student. For how long? For a term? For a month? Or for a day? For a day, and what, let me tell you what goes into the one city future pencil. The, the ingredient, as I said earlier, that is the pepper, the tomatoes, that fresh tomatoes, uh, fish, you know, those kind of. Then, with this same one city future pencil, you buy gas. 
the same amount of money we use to do maintenance as a kitchen for fuel. If you don't have fuel and don't have a car, it means you have to transport the ingredients from market to your school. So that is it. That is the one is one to be fifty percent. And it gives them breakfast, lunch and supper. Meaning fifty pesos per lunch, per breakfast, per supper. Lol. Inclusive mm-hmm. of the gas, you know, maintenance, machines. I mean, you see when 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 you have uh, the machine that that turn out uh, uh, what do you call it? Is it the biofuel? The biofuel machine, the one that yeah, provides the flour, it. The flour, ga- whatever it is. When it gets spoiled, or when there's, I mean, anything wrong with it, it's the same amount of money you have to come to do the repair. What about gas for cooking? Is that provided separately, or you have to pay for no, it? If no, you don't no. have it, it's what happens? The one CD fifty pesos. That's what I'm trying to tell you, my brother. And if you do not have that, what are the alternatives? Are there instances ah, where you don't you, have that? You go around, you go around looking for firewood. Sometimes you go around the schools and look for broken chairs to use as firewood to cook for our students. It's so sad, my brother. This is happening, or or this is just a hypothetical thing you're saying? I am in the belly of the fish, and I'm telling you the truth. Use broken it's school not, furniture it's, to. It's not fiction, because I am experiencing it. It is sad. It is sad. You see. In secondary. Put... Okay, in secondary schools, you have you have the pantry where the food is cooked. Now, when you say you're using firewood, which is broken school furniture, does it mean then that you have to set the fire outside and have, exactly. the, like we have in the exactly. village with the hut? Exactly, exactly. Because, because you cannot put on the firewood, uh, use uh, what do you call it, broken chairs and firewood in the main pantry. You have to bring it out and cut that imagine. The smoke, the hazard our keeping staff go through. Sometimes when they come and they complain, can't be edited about it, my brother. You just look at them, I mean, I don't know. What about the quality of the meal itself? You serve breakfast, lunch, and Supper, you just imagine, imagine a whole school with 3,000 population is giving eight bags of, uh, what do you call it, blah, and it will take less than two weeks. What type of food do you think we give them? I'm not asking you. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I, 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 I get you, but give, give me an idea what is on the dining table. When when I was okay. in when I was in my school, my secondary school, we used to eat jollof with chicken on Sunday evenings. In the morning, we take tea with egg and bread. Do we have things I, like that? We used to have wache with with with, with I, I, fish. I, I, I can't speak. I can't speak for the secondary school because I am not a head there. But uh, the, the the truth is that gone were those days. Today, 
will give them what is called Coco Sakura. The best sometimes you can add is what? Uh, peanuts, you know? Groundnuts. Groundnuts, yeah, groundnuts or peanuts, whatever it is. That's the best they can use to add to their cocoa. The cocoa doesn't come with bread. I recall we had I'm bread with margarine. What questions are you asking? I'm I'm, 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 I'm using my reality. We used to have bread with, with margarine in there, with, with Tom Brown or with cocoa. That doesn't happen now? Oh, my brother. My brother, it is not happening right now. What about see, the rice? Mm-hmm. The, 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 the rice. The, the rice and stew. Do you have fish or meat with the rice that comes? How, that, how do you serve your rice in the, in the boarding house? Some semblance of fish. Sometimes when they go out, they will buy um, tuna, tuna, then they will turn it to flakes. And they, they use it. That's when we don't have um, the macro and sardine. As we speak, we don't have the single sardine. But not, we don't have <laughs> a tin of sardine in my school. A tin. Of sardine in my school. I don't remember the last time you gave them eggs, but we used to give them eggs and it, I don't remember the last time you gave them. Now, what about three square meal a day? Do all students get three square meals a day? They are supposed to get three square meals a day. That is the borders. The day students are entitled to lunch. And of late, most of my students don't even attend uh, what they call it, uh, go to eat breakfast. Because they prefer to eat from their job box. Because uh, the food, I, I am saying all this because I'm a parent and I'm a teacher and I'm a headmaster. So I'm not saying the government is not doing well, but they should allow parents. See, let me go to other issues. Do you think parents cannot afford to buy school uniform for their own children? When they were at primary school, who buys their, their school uniform? When are they are basic, who buys their school uniform? So why all of a sudden, when they get to secondary school, parents cannot any longer afford school uniform and the government has to come in? Why? Why? That's a big question. Why? If you look at uh, the boarding system, their students commute from home to school and back to school every day for five days. They are entitled for only a lunch. Whereas boarders, they don't commute. Okay? They take breakfast, lunch, and supper. Why can't we make the parents pay for at least the breakfast? And the supper. As for lunch, both, what do you call it? 
they shouldn't uh, 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 voters can enjoy. I think I'm making sense. Do you understand? I do understand you. If you were to speak to the government directly, what would you ask the government to know? Are you saying free SHS should be cancelled or you are asking for some things to no, be knocked no, no, off? No, 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 no. I said that it is so one of the best things that happened to our country. Great. So what things would you recommend be knocked off the free SHS uh, list? Free, free uniforms should be cancelled. Free church service attire. Girls should be taken care of by parents. Breakfast and supper for boarders should be taken care of by parents, not by the government. By the government. And we keep on drumming this. We keep on drumming this. And I don't understand. Because parents are capable of taking care of their children. We are. So I don't see, I don't, I, I, listen, it has gone beyond politics. We are talking about Ghana. Have you, about, have you as headmasters raised this issue with the people who implement the free SHS? At we have several. What do they say um, to you? Omaru, you know the response. Do you remember? Our finance minister said one said that why can somebody look after his children for free? The first education is concerned. Do you remember that? I do. And what happened? It's sad. And and and, and especially this time of hardship, you know, you see. I believe the government is listening. Those who have ears, they have ears to listen. This is a cry from a headmaster. A cry from a headmaster. A headmaster who has the children at heart. Who has the country at heart. I am not saying anything different. I'm just pleading with the government, for God's sake, you should listen to reason. Mr. Headmaster, because we live in a political society and a lot of issues get politicized, for someone who says you are just talking down on free SHS, what was the situation before free SHS? Were, you, were things all rosy at the time? So that all of a sudden things are bad? It wasn't, but we were expecting better performance. You see, we are in 21st century, for God's sake. We cannot use yesterday's, I mean, issues to judge. So we are, we are thinking that we have to do things better. Because we are in technology, technological world, where things are done better. Yes, during those days when parents were pay, paying fees, yes, there were some who struggled, we understand. That's why the government, in its own wisdom, and which I believe and I share with him for bringing these three SHS, which I keep on saying that it's one thing that has happened 
one good thing that has happened to our country. As we speak, we will not see the, 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 the results right and the outcome. But let us give ourselves 10 to 20 years. We we'll see it. But we are talking about the it's implementation. That's all. There's not political. <laughs> if I, I tell you my, my, there's no need. Yes. It's not political. We are talking about our country and our students, our future leaders. Finally, the challenges we enumerated above, how are they affecting teaching and learning on campus? How are they affecting the students' side? Morals are down. Morals are down. Because, you see, <laughs> food is the engine that takes a big carry along. Because you don't have proper diet, balanced diet, your health will fail you. If you will not even have the earth even to learn. Because you are thinking of, you are hungry. You are hungry. And teachers have, teachers have become very indisciplined. Because you cannot even talk about teachers. Because the system is not working as we expected. Let me, you see, let me divert a bit. As we speak, headmasters do not have any say and the promotion of their staff. The little... <coughs> tomorrow, the system, the system, that we have to sit down as a country. Yes. If all of us want our educational system to... Yes, the Minister of Education is doing so well, especially the Tibet. You see, we are, we, we are not doing badly at all as a country. We are not doing... We have to sit down and review our policy and implementation. That's all. Uh, two minutes past eight. That was Umaru uh, Sandamadu um, speaking to a head teacher who's also a parent. And uh, the situation is, is really stuck. Some of the highlights are there 50 pesos per meal per child per day. One city, 50 pesos per day. Coco Sakura, uh, no protein. Uh, I mean, eight bags of flour for 3,000 students. Why is he Jesus Christ? Using, using um, uh, broken chairs to do fire. I mean, 
I mean, it's amazing. Anyway, it's time for Tech and Show Media Trends. It's brought to us by... By our friends on Vodafone. With just one Ghana City, you can have 20 minutes of talk time to all other networks and one gigabyte of data every day between 5 a.m. and 11.59 a.m. Just dial star 530 hash to subscribe. Vodafone, further together. Also brought to us by our friends at Cal Bank. Just visit any Cal Bank branch with your Ghana card and complete an account reactivation form and get free access to any of our digital solutions. Dial star... 771 hash go to calnet and the calbank app and you can use all of those for free calbank forward together all right so let's see what's trending caleb is here to tell us what's trending good morning bernard a lot is in the trends uh twitter is on fire this morning mm. so some judges in the trends this morning he's revealed uh uh chris hilton is that his name? Yes, Chris Hilton. Yes, he's revealed that he's got the Black Stars job. Oh, that's so nice. He's, he's in the trends this Technical morning. director. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. Yeah. That's, and that's then also one. Mahama is in the trends. All right. People are saying all kinds of things, comparing then and now, mm. and that's making him trend this morning. Okay. Um, <laughs> so much more. So a lot of politics Kufuado. as well. Yes, a lot of politics here. Nana Kufuado is trending. The Auditor General's report is trending. COVID-19 is trending. COVID-19 is trending as a result of the Auditor General's report. And there's a particular hashtag that is also trending here heavily. It says hashtag NPP Grand covid Thefts. Oh Lord! So a lot of people are referring to the Auditor General's report and quoting different portions of it and uh, mm-hmm. making their agenda with that. So these are some of the trends mm-hmm. on social media, including mm-hmm. other things that mm-hmm. are of interest, like Okohokoye Deng. Something funny. I don't know. I, I, I just woke up and I was seeing hashtag something. So there's a Okohokoye Deng. It's also trending. It was one of those catchphrases now. Is how people are able to type such things? I have no idea. Yeah. A lot of time. It's trending. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Caleb. That was uh, Tech and Show Media Trends. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. So parents, teachers, students, 
Says, What's happening in secondary school? Schools have reopened. It's been three and a half weeks into the term. Was in our semester. So this headmaster who spoke to Marisanda, how true uh, are the things he said? Saying that they were giving one city 50 pesos per child per day or per, per student per day. They don't have bread to go with the porridge. Sometimes they do granuts. They don't have enough firewood. For a school of 3,000, they have eight bags of flour. They don't have any proteins in their food. Students are looking emaciated. The morale in school is down. If you don't eat well, you can't study properly. Meanwhile, a large chunk of the educational sector allocation is going into free SHS. to a treatment of basic education. We've already said this. We also know that the uh, government budgetary allocation for education is reducing. Uh, if you look at the GDP to education from around 4.17% in 2017, it's now about 3.05% in 2023. The expenditure allocation for education is also reducing <clears throat> from about 17% in 2017 to 12% in 2023. So, whilst free SHS money is going up, overall education money as a percentage of other sectors is reducing, and we're told that Keeping everything free is not sustainable. We've said many times that parents are prepared to pay different things for cloth, for PTA use. Like, nothing is... The, the government really wants to die in its socks. But, you, know? you <laughs> see, um, when this... Okay, maybe quickly, you, 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 no, proceed. No, no, oh, okay, you know, long before this whole free senior high school thing started, mm-hmm. the president now, then candidate... Um, made it a campaign promise in before the 2008 elections and um, I remember when he made a loud proclamation on this especially when he went to the Belembele constituency in the western region and the news became really viral Mm -hmm. it was a huge debate Mm -hmm. the question was (gasps) you want to do free SHS yes it's a great idea because the spirit of our constitution supports the idea of progressively free senior high school education. Mm-hmm. And then again, if you look at the provisions, there's an anticipation that even at the tertiary level, it is the expectation of the framers of our constitution that at some point mm-hmm. we may want to do something in, in that area too. She forgets. <laughs> but the mm-hmm. concern that was expressed repeatedly mm-hmm. was how were you going to fund it? Hmm. So the question was always that, yes, it's a great idea to want to live up to the expectations of the framers of our constitution. But funding it is the issue. Hmm. The response that we got at the time was that oil had come on stream or was about coming on stream because mm-hmm. the Kufour administration had discovered oil and there were preparations <clears throat> to ensure that we started producing oil. Some way, somehow, the debate could not become fully fledged because, you know, the MPP didn't win the elections, uh, Mills won, and, and free SHS didn't materialize the way the expectation was. Of course, when John Ramani Mahama took over, there was some piloting of the idea. Um, so some form of free SHS was done yes, by the Mahama administration. Day students. Yeah, that's right. In, yeah. in, in a way that did not actually reflect what the MPP actually wanted to do. But there was a testing of the idea in a way. And then also we also saw the day schools being built and, and, and all the politics around it. 
Come 2012, Nanado Kufuado won the elections. 2016, 2016. Uh, well, uh, 2016. Nanado Kufuado won the elections. Mm. And then Free SHS came. But even before then, then the debate proper began. Again, how were you going to fund it? Hmm. The expectations of many CSOs and the, 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 the arguments they made was that, look, there was no way we were going to make this sustainable if we did not isolate those in need from those who can afford. It's called means testing. Exactly. So that you conduct proper means testi- testing, testing. Your means. To determine whether you are in a position to afford A, B, and C. Mm. And where you are not in the position to do that, then the government intervenes. But the government was intransigent. Nevertheless. That look, this thing we don't want to discriminate. We'll do it. you go across the board, whether it. you can pay or you cannot pay, we are it. doing it. We'll do it for you. The people say, yo, Oil came. What has happened to the oil money? As we speak, we are hearing very horrible things about what's happening in the schools. And you know what they did? When people began to complain, they started targeting them allegedly. So when you are a headmaster and you speak in any way that will suggest that you are giving the true representation of what's happening in the schools, you are victimized. Mm -hmm. That's the report that we got. People were transferred merely because they had mentioned to a journalist that mm. this is the situation we face. Yeah. I remember clearly how, uh, what do you call it, Mrs. Emisa Arthur, Arthur, um, you know, uh, the, the former second lady. She, 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 there was a, a small faux pas that she made in the eastern region. The way we took her on and Ghanaians took her on and the MPP at the time in opposition took her on for merely saying that if it is about chalk, yeah, that's right. They won't, they won't support. Look at what is happening today. How can you be a minister responsible for education, a minister responsible for finance, the president of the republic, the vice president of the republic, and see education in this state when they were going to school? We, we, we have read books about how the University of Ghana, the enjoyment that they had, and even had the effrontery. To go on demonstration because they said that a certain category of food here, they were eating it too much. This was at the height of Ghana's very... Look, things were so good that they were having everything for free, even in the university. They were sleeping one or two in a room. You understand? And yet, they had the infantry to attack governments of the day or to attack the managers of the economy at the time. How do you come... So many years down the line, President of the Republic, a Minister of State, and you preside over this level of rot, so that a headmaster is given 1.5 Ghana cities to run a school. Pro- How much is Koko? But did you see that the, there was a post from Mr. Kwesi Kwating, mm-hmm. and there's a video showing trucks being loaded, and they said they are sending food to the schools. That's propaganda. You see, it is easy to mobilize a few people. It is, it's, it, look, even if you are sending that to... How many schools are you sending? You heard the man say that they have been given, what, eight bags of flour. For 3,000 students. I mean, do the maths. How, how many, many loaves of bread? How many bags of flour do you need for eight. bread? Look, the, the, I think the experts can tell, can us. tell us. But with just an elementary mind. If you said 5,000 with five loaves, unless, you can be 3,000 with eight bags. You see, Bernard, that's the issue. How is that possible? How is it possible? Eight, eight bags, bags for three thousand. A flour. Yes. 
and then you are feeding... Divide 3,000 by 8. So let's calculate how many... Do, do, do the math. 3,000... It does by not make any sense at all. And one point, one city, 50 pesos per child. Per exactly. Day. How much do you sell pure water? That's why I'm saying that. How much is cocoa? When you are driving through the streets of Accra, not too far away from where we are, Adabraka, just the streets next door. Next oh, so one bag of flour will go to 375 students? Multiply it by... by, by, by uh, yeah, that's, so we'll bet 3,000 bag, 3, uh-huh. students for 8 bags of flour. Uh-huh. So each bag of flour will feed 3, 375. How is that possible? Then how is that possible so that you feed them over how many days? Over how many weeks? Yeah, that's the, a good point. Uh-huh, you see, the point I'm making is that you cannot be the president of the republic and order that, oh, I want to eat uh, what the fufu and uh, cutting coin with chicken properly so called. The one that the, the army seven. No? What does this got to do with No, 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 but that is an important point. You see, because the Ghanaian people are paying for it. But, and but when. The president ordered for fufu to eat. Why not? You've not seen a president eating fufu. Why are you taking this matter? No. <laughs> but then, I am saying that, look. Today, 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 if you go to the offices of the ministers, some will order fufu, some will order, will order wache, some will order banku, some will order akbala, and they will eat and eat very well and wash it down with maybe a bottle of beer or two. So, the point I'm making is that when you are living that kind of life, funded by the good people of Ghana, whose taxes you rely on to fund the kind of things you do, you do not at the same time run a policy which policy is emaciating our kids because I received a message here from a parent but the who term, says the, that the, the term is only starting it's only starting so yes. how serious are we how, how serious is the shortage anyway, while, while, while Sky goes on I want to announce that parents mm-hmm. and teachers listening please let us know it's just three and a half weeks into the term let's know what the situation is on campus we've done this before and we're not going to stop. If you feel like there's more information we need to know about what's happening in the schools, if you want to corroborate or contradict what the head teacher we spoke to yesterday said, please send us a voice note or send us a text message. Our numbers zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six. In fact, if you want to call us into the show, why not? You can we'll do be happy that. to hear you. This is for teachers, for parents, and for students. What is the situation in secondary schools with food? What's the situation in secondary schools with general availability of material? He spoke about fuel, he spoke about gas, he spoke about the fact that they had to use broken chairs for fuel wood and sometimes they didn't have enough money to buy anything. And they are drinking cocoa without uh, bread and they are eating rice and stew without fish. So you may get us a get in touch on mm. any of our numbers. WhatsApp zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six. If you want to call us, why not? Zero three zero two 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 six one seven one. Um Sky, you make a Yes. Point? So this parent sends me a message and, and she's also an educator. Mm. And she says that students are refusing to go back to school mm-hmm. because of mm-hmm. the conditions prevailing in the schools. They, say don't go. they are hungry and the few rich kids are flashing their fatty chop boxes in their faces. Mm-hmm. So they prefer to stay at home and help their parents or hang around with men to get some money in order to satisfy the evolving taste of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. My observations as an educator. Which is this Bernard, this, this is coming in. You from, read something earlier. Yeah, you read a story earlier f- about the north of about the country. The Savannah region, I believe. Where students yeah. don't go. They are yes. begging students to come, come back, back to school. But well, you are tracing this to the 
the condition in the, the school. Yeah, that's right. The message is, is in response to that. Mm. The point I'm making is that you cannot be call yourself a professional. Mm. You cannot call yourself a master of something. You cannot call yourself a leader who has gone through our educational system or education mm. elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And you have been gifted the ideas that are needed to efficiently run a system. Then you come presiding as a leader to deploy a system to the exclusion of the ideas that have been advanced by many people that it was not possible the way you wanted to run it. To run it to the extent that people cannot find food to eat in the classroom. It, it just doesn't make sense. Because, Bernard, mm. I have gone on, on I, have, I have studied on empty stomach before. Not a good thing. And it is not a good thing. Your brain cannot even mm. function properly. For your brain to function properly, mm -hmm. for you to have peace of mind, mm -hmm. you first of all must feel, feel the belly. Thank you. Where the belly is not filled, there is no way you can concentrate and do anything useful. You've seen men like trees. Charlie, so how is it possible that you preside over this? You see, this thing has been going on since 2017, right? Yeah. In any functional democracy where people are actually taking their job seriously, what you do is to review it. So in within a five year period, your job is to look at it. We started with this in mind. The situation has changed. Let's look at it again. Is it possible to tweak it in a way that addresses the concerns of us? Anytime somebody suggests something contrary to what the president or the people around him think there's a backlash. I remember I interviewed Ken Furiata, mm -hmm. I think 2018, yeah. and I was talking uh, about why it was, why someone like him would have his child get free education when he could pay. He says it's not conscionable. Mm -hmm. Two days later, the party guys were act against him. I remember a few months back when the pre-IMF discussion was going on, I interviewed information minister, the government was going through economic challenges, and we we're talking about government flagships, including free SHS on the table. Mm -hmm. the minister said, yes, everything's on the table. Mm -hmm. Next day, he makes a U-turn. Mm -hmm. Nothing. They say, I'm not going to review. In fact, the president made some points. He said, I'm not reviewing free SHS anytime soon. It's a policy I said well, I will fulfill. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of hubris. It's like adamant. There's reason is not prevailing. The head teacher is saying that the things are not working. Look, go on Facebook. I'm sure you see people in the Ministry of Education. There's food. I remember on, there was a month I did a whole show where parents called and said they didn't have food in schools. The Minister of Education went to Presec and said he went to Presec. They said they have food. And his deputy went to a few schools and said they have food in their storeroom. So what we are saying is not true. You know, it's... it's why do our politicians have such a hard time because they being know, realistic they know people in the not, name of police, they, political because, expediency? Because they, know, they know people will not come out and talk. And you know why? Because a certain culture of silence has been created. In fact, there's a story there. There's this thing you are saying. There's a story of Joy Online I read this morning mm -hmm. that uh, a professor of education at UCC says a culture of silence has crept back into the educational sector. Yep. And the story, if you just permit me, SHS food shortage. There's a culture of silence among teachers, mm -hmm. educational leadership professors. So, professor of educational leadership at UCC, George Ojo, has bemoaned the current victimization some head teachers face when they speak against government. According to him, some senior high schools are facing numerous challenges, particularly shortage of food. However, school authorities are refusing to speak about their situation publicly. This, in his view, is due to the culture of silence the government has gradually instituted in the educational system. I've tried talking to many head teachers who confide in me, and when I ask them why they don't come out to speak about their problem, they will say, Prof, you want me to talk? No, please. I want to retire peacefully. 
So there's a culture of silence. People are zipping their mouth because of what we call intimidation. Uh, Professor Audrey made the observation when he contributed to a discussion on Joy FM Super Morning Show on Monday. The topic was food shortage in SHS. It's been reported that since the term started two weeks ago, it was just this weekend that food was supplied to schools. This is not the first time food shortage in SHS has been in the limelight. Last year, many schools were on the verge of shutting down due to challenges with food supplies. Students have been school for a month and the crisis has read its ugly head again. Many gardens are worried about the situation. Um, yeah, so that's the story. Bernard, okay. we cannot continue. Like let me, before let me, yeah. right here, quickly, let me just say something quickly. ICAG's uh, 60th anniversary is happening as part of the anniversary celebrations. A float will arrive through some principal streets of Accra Thursday, 26th January, starting from ICAG Secretariat at 7 a.m. through to the Kwasi 37 Military Hospital, reach roundabout back to Christ the King through cantonments, thence to the ICAG Secretariat, Islegon. A Thanksgiving ceremony and launch of the anniversary comes off on Friday, 27th at uh, 4 p.m. at Accra International Conference Center. All students, members, and fellows and of the institute and all our stakeholders and the general public are cordially invited to join the institute celebrate the significant milestone. Long live ICAD, long live Ghana. All right, we're going to go to your money shortly, but we wanted to... Uh, um, actually, let, let's, let's do your money before that. And uh, coming up shortly is your money. <laughs> your money, your money. I'm, I'm looking for a tip I saw. Put your money where your mouth is. No, I, I saw a tip on a platform that I'm on. You see the thing about platforms. The day you, the day you are looking for the platform, you'll find it. So the day you are doing some serious work. But this is a platform that has fin- financial, good Ghana FinTech Chamber platform. And uh, this tip was shared by Bernard. Oh Lord, where is this tip? Another Bernard. Ah, forgive me, I'll find it. It was basically a tip about saying that while bonds, investing in bonds and stocks will give you a return, investing in your mind will give you a greater return. But that is basically education. Isn't yeah, it? but I can't find it. I don't know where I put I it. I see, yeah, but he, he wrote he wrote something on it. Oh, okay. So I don't know, I don't know. You wanted the additional film. Yeah, but what did he say on on that on that flyer? It, it, he actually wrote yeah. some something on the flyer. It, it's an investment in knowledge mm-hmm. pays the best interest. Fantastic. So it says an investment yeah. in stocks and bonds will, will give you some returns, but investment in knowledge pays the best interest. Mm-hmm. And I think this is important because of what we are discussing. Mm-hmm. That there are so many things we are doing with money in the country, but if we really want a high return. We must invest in our children's education. And that includes their feeding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that includes true. their feeding. That's so true. that's the tip for the mornings brought to you by CBG. We stand with you. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. All right, so here's the tip, actually. So he okay. sent, he said, bonds and T-bills may give you short-term returns, uh-huh. but an investment in knowledge will give you lifetime returns. Oh. Yeah, that was from Bernard of being 
uh, Boateng of Finest Skills Hub. So it's just a platform that we are on. Bonds and bills may give you short-term returns. And in this situation, they may not give you any return. <laughs> in the end of that, they say, when they give you Sakura haircuts. But uh, an investment in, in, in knowledge will give you lifetime returns. And you know the Sakura is double. There's Coco Sakura and also... Charlie, There's one they call Sakura. Okay, I want to take your point. Yeah, I, I want to take mean, your, your comment. Plenty yeah. I could say whether yeah. it was nutrition about... But again, I'm just, I'm just baffled as to why our political class feel that yeah. for sake of political expediency or fulfilling a promise you can't admit when something isn't working fix the situation such that the longer term benefit actually makes you look better because i don't see it's not how anybody is this government are you sure it's this, just this, this government this particular here's a situation this where one, you, this had, one dear. you had a free SHS promise. Uh-huh. Yeah. You had uh, secondary education that was being progressively freely implemented, right? Yeah. Let's say by the previous administration. We know that about 400,000 students were benefiting from that, mainly day students. So boarding was not covered under that. And probably for good reason, because they knew yeah. that you cannot afford to pay for all of that. So let's, let's get tuition free for day students. Yeah. Let's make sure that's covered. And indeed, if your child is in boarding school, find the money to pay for that. Why not? If their tuition is already free. Do you understand? Now we have a situation where you come into power, you want to wholesale implement a free SHS policy without stakeholder engagement. And stakeholders, we're talking about teachers, we're talking about parents, we're talking about CSOs, we're talking about educationists and experts. You don't do that. You say, no, we promise to do this, we're going to roll it out full throttle. First year, what do we see? Gold, green, what, what were the tracks? I think, I, I think there's green. all kinds of tracks coming up. Yeah. You can't accommodate the number of students yeah, okay. because now the yeah. numbers have exponentially Who's increased. On the trees? You can't, do you understand? Yeah. At what point do you say, hey, wait, wait a minute. This is the first year of doing this and it looks like it's a disaster. Let's pull back a bit. You can't, well, you wouldn't it have been better to, be fair, to do event, that eventually, than to say, eventually they've changed track. So see, after many calls for review, there was a, a, a story hitting the graphics some time back that the World <laughs> yes. Bank yeah. was going to lead a review of free SHS policy. Why after should the Bennett. World Bank be leading yes. a review of a policy we ourselves birthed? Thank you. Be- Without proper be- because, consultation. Because uh-huh. it, it, we don't want to accept defeat. So this is my point that... Why, yeah. is, it, why is it seen as defeat, though? Because Mahama said he would review free SHS and we campaign that you see, that's we wrong. we need to move past this. But you see, that's the truth. country. It's politics. See, but no. We are putting politics how, ahead of people's that future. That's point. what we are doing. It's politics. How and what to what... To what degree are you willing to sacrifice the welfare and well-being of children? To the extent that to win, to the to win us elections, will just you, to massage your ego, yes. or will it? Because, because power is everything. Seek if, but don't you? But you don't know. But you, you, you worked with them for many years. Hold on. But you, you come in, but don't you know how the thing? You see, but if, for them, if they win anything, I win them power. They'll do it. Yeah, but now you have won the power. And so what do you do with it? To hold on to it. No, so how do you hold on to it? it? But you see, ah, but yeah, you see, you see, the best so way, never the, the best way the history will remember oh. you is someone who did something worthwhile. But who tell you think how is? Then the authority will judge uh, you. But you, you think that the next you, four years or the next uh, eight years? But why, Pascal? Over twenty different independent voices have asked for review of PSHS. The president said he won't do it. Is he wiser than all of them together? No, you see, it's he to do it because of his own mindset. You see, but no, it's not, there's nothing to do with you or nothing to do with. It's the, the truth is that politics drives everything. Yeah, but you see, Bernard, it's mm-hmm. not research. Mm-hmm. The 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 is a political promise, mm-hmm. and they would do, so even the headmaster you spoke to, mm-hmm. he had to keep saying is good. He had to keep repeating that it's good, even though the thing you clearly to balance it. Yeah, he can't. He cannot say it's not good. 
If you like say it's not good, why not? You see, we cannot afford to have a leader or a group of leaders who will not listen to popular demand and act in a way that refines that demand to serve our interests collectively. If you do a referendum on free SHS, they will win. So that the fact is that people you see this is the thing. There's a popularity of a policy versus the practicality of implementation. So free SHS is not it's a very popular policy in terms of what it seeks to do. So the government is banking on its popularity to push it through. Yeah, but now the details that you and I and think tanks are talking about, they are not interested. So long as free is liked by the population, most Ghanaians like free SHS. So they will do it. It is of what it does to the educational system. Well, this is the cost. It's not. Free. It's it comes at the cost. It's only this is the cost. But Bernard, let's talk the basic question, please. Oh, okay. Read, read look, a comment from me. It says, "Good morning. Please hide my identity." Yes. My kid brother's school called for a PTA strategically, class mm-hmm. by class, yes. just to lay down the true state of the FSHS. Uh-huh. Right. Subsequently, we all had to agree to pay an amount monthly uh-huh. to support their feeding. Mm-hmm. We then had to sign an NDA just uh-huh. for secrecy sake. Yeah. I remember one man going out to bring eggs to lay a curse on whoever snitches. Charlie? That's how deep it Let, is. Let's talk that. to the PRO for Education Ministry, Mr. Kwesi Kwating. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, I always want to say not to be confused with the former UK Prime Minister. They share the same name. Uh, <laughs> are, you, are you related to Kwesi Kwating of the uh, Conservative Party, by the way? I don't know yet. Uh, you know, it's possible. <laughs> oh, now they don't know. <laughs> It's possible, but Charlie, why, why, why are you both doing this to our students? Uh, Bernard, uh, I, I, I follow the program. I've heard a, a lot of the discussions. Uh, I think this did not just, I mean, come to our attention. Even when school resumed or students resumed, uh, there was an issue of schools like Yasantua and Amas not having food. I came out with some distribution that had been made to them, and that went to lie. Uh, yesterday, for instance, I heard about, I think, Presec and uh, a school in Central Region, Agri Memoria. We made our findings, and it was not the case. Of course, I also personally randomly called some of the head teachers. For instance, I spoke to Konongwood last week. He said, uh, the Konongwood enclave received 800 bars of rice yesterday. That, in terms of cooking oil, the stock that they had was inadequate. But the assurance that I had from Buffer Stock was that uh, their tracks were on the roads and were going to deliver some to them. I also spoke to the head teacher or headmaster of St. Thomas Aquinas, and he said he had food in excess to the extent that even when Presec, which is a... Uh, sorry, you said, you spoke to, you, sorry, let me get you. You said Aquinas said they have so much food that they can even give Presec some. No, what I'm saying is that they have food uh, to the extent that when they were supposed to come and receive the other stock uh, from Presec, you know Presec happens to be the uh, receiving center. So Presec receives all the the the, the the food for the great Accra distribution and the schools goes there and pick it. So when Presec called him, he said Presec have to, I mean, more or less make his own, Presec has to make their own, their place like a reservoir for him so that later he picked it. So we really? have been having... But you know, Aquinas is a day school, you know this, right? Yeah, but they, they still feed them. 
Yes, it's only lunch. You are quite nice at day yeah. school. What, what, the, yeah. the, the situation we are painting, the head teacher we spoke to yesterday is head teacher of a boarding school. He says, for example, that for a school of 3,000 students, they were given eight bags of flour. That's, that's the first point he makes. He says, second point, the, the school feeding amount is one CD, 50 pesos per student per day. So that translates to 50 pesos per meal. To buy to buy food items. I just wanted to, to give you the point, then you can react to them. So first, he says they have eight bags of rice, eight bags of flour for the for the eight three thousand students, one city fifty pesos per student per day, and that they've not given the students any protein for the whole of last term. There was no egg. They they don't remember the last time they, they ate bread with cocoa. So cocoa sakura. This is what they are taking. These are the points he makes on radio. We played the interview this morning. Yeah, okay, Bernard. I think uh, we are we are still at the same page, and maybe you've had allowed me to land. So when I mentioned, I'm still picking it from that final slide because we just brought it back. Is a is a is a day school. Uh, I'm not sure that was the class of the by points. I was just citing instances of headmaster that I spoke to. I was even going to speak to Peking, but I mean, uh, just let me react to the 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 comments made by I mean the headmaster that you called. Uh, on the issue of flour, it is not as though the distribution of the food is just a one-time event where distribution is made and is supposed to carry you through the entire uh, semester. Even as of yesterday, trucks were still on the road, still making some distributions. It also depends on when he received those stuff. Because even as of just uh, 19th of this month, which happens to be also great attack. For instance, if the school was in let's say Great Accra, it was supposed to go and take additional stops. So yes, we admit that the, the, the supplies that were made was not necessarily to carry them through the entire semester. So if the headmaster has made I mean such claims, it is possible. But assurance that I mean it is not possible that he's going to receive this uh, you said eight 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 uh, bags of flour. Eight, eight bags of flour. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean that is not the case. So what it means is that uh, issue, obviously, there will be further distribution that is going to be made for them. Again, you also spoke about uh, uh, the fact that the, uh, I think they are receiving one city 50 percent. So you have to understand it from this perspective. You know, the arrangements of buffer stock, what happens is that buffer stock distributes, I mean, the grain, cereals, mackerel, oil, and other things. And you also have a portion for perishables. That is paid to the head teachers or headmasters. And so the perishables is to complement the food that they receive from buffer stock. Of course, if you want to, I mean, make it that simplistic, <laughs> that, uh, I mean, one, one CD 50 pesos is used to cook for them, you are, you'll be missing the whole point because it's not as though you are using that one city fifty percent to cook for them, but it's to also complement. Yeah, but what he said, what he said was that, what, let me, what he said was that the one city fifty percent goes into the perishables, so pepper, yes. tomatoes, fish, and then also gas and transport. Because he says, apart from the non-perishables that buffer stock gives them, the calculation of the one city fifty percent per day per student, and the perishables are are very many. So it, all the food that you can't keep for over two days is perishable. But they are not, but they are not going to. You, Bernard, you have to also understand that you are not going to buy per head. You see, when it comes to uh, these conversations, you just have.
Well, we, we have to call him back. He was on the point about the per head. Yeah, so even if you have one city, 50 pesos per head, even if there are 1,000 students, how much does that become? <laughs> this mud. You know, can you feed? So let's, let's, let's take it one by. Let's assume you have 1,000 students to feed, yeah? Uh-huh. And you give them one CD, 50 pesos per day. Mm-hmm. So it's not per, it's, it's not. He's okay. trying to talk about volumes. If you're buying volumes, yeah, it's so cheaper. That's the argument. times 1,000 students. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's 2,500 CDs. How does that feed 1,000? I mean, can you use 1,000 Ghana CDs, Bernard? 1,500 CDs to feed 1,000 students. Can you use 1,500 Ghana CDs to feed 1,000 students? I mean, we feed, we feed, we feed about 100 people here. Uh-huh. And it's in the excess of the twenty thousands a day, to, or whatever period for to feed. So maybe let's go back to that point and let's 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 pursue it. So, Mr. Kwati, thanks for coming back on. Let's let's do the numbers. Let's do the numbers. You are saying uh, that one CD fifty pesos a day should not be seen per head, but we should see it in aggregation. So fair enough. So let's no, assume. Uh, let, no, uh, no, no. The, 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 the principle that I want to put across is that. Mm-hmm. Yes, in terms of the, the, the value of the money, of course, we can have conversations and, and maybe look at probably increasing it. But it should be simplistic for you to look at it within the terms as, as though you are going to use one fifty percent to feed somebody, especially when that is not the full complement of what is going into the feeding. That's what I was just fair, fair enough, but I'm also so using, I, I, I get you, I'm using what the head teacher said. He's the one who runs the school. He says... Out of that one, 50 pesos per child for the perishables. He mentions all the perishables. He mentions the fact that this also has to cater for fuel. So, for example, buying gas. There is no special money to buy gas to transport whatever they buy. He even says that because of this, when they run out of fuel, they have to use broken down furniture to cook outside to create fuel for the, for the students. Okay. He points to a very dire situation with proteins. Where he says they haven't eaten egg in God knows how long. He, st- he talks about bread, cocoa without bread. And I'm, ask- I'm just asking, are these things known to the educational ministry? Are you aware? Is, is he lying? Is the man, is the man lying to us? No, I'm not, I'm not going to say he's that lying because I have not had the opportunity to visit all the almost 800 uh, secondary schools in the country. But I'll be surprised where the, 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 the magnitude of the description that he's giving. And uh, for instance, in such a situation, if we get to know the school, we have to find out what is really going on. Because it can't be that out of you know, the almost 800 schools, wolves. But, but say, I mean. And, and, uh, and, and how do you call it? And uh, Paris Shabbos is only one school that has to rely on broken chests. So it's also a bit of recurring expenditure that they also used to complement the running of the school. So I, I was also hoping to even hear that aspect. But Bernard, for me, for me... Sorry, uh, recurring expenditure from where? No, it's also paid by the government in terms of the, I mean, running of the school, the basic, basic, basic expenditure that they, they, they incur. Because the briefing I have from FACHS is that the... The perishables, the money paid for the perishables, so it's not meant for buying fuel or gas. I, I'm, 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 I'm surprised with, with that assertion. But I'm saying I'm not going to disprove. What is most important is that if such a situation exists, we get to know the school. But, 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 but Mr. Kwarteng, Mr. Kwarteng, let's even assume that you are correct. Oh, please call him back. We keep losing. I, I want to really develop this point because, Sky, 
If you give 50 pesos per meal, per child, let's go back to the 1,000 example. If you have a 1,000 students in a school, 50 pesos per meal mm-hmm. is 500 CDs mm-hmm. for 1,000 students. It's impossible. Now, to in my children's school, we pay between 20 and 30 CDs per day mm-hmm. for food. Mm-hmm. And this child is seven years old. Mm-hmm. All right? And they don't eat any special thing. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, the school, they do breakfast. If you want to do breakfast, they can give you Tom Brown and bread with milk, with spread. People pay between 20 and 30 CDs. Some schools pay 40 CDs. All right? And this is a normal school in Ghana. So if you give somebody 50 pesos, uh, Mr. Kwati, I'm back to the numbers, and please indulge me, because we are all educated. We want to try and understand the process. Yes, buffer stock gives non-perishable. So let's take a, a breakfast meal. So let's assume you want to do cocoa and bread and a spread. Maybe buffer stock gives them the spread. All right? But between the cocoa and the, and the um, sugar and whatever you need, 50 pesos per meal for 1,000 students is 500 cities. Now, if you ha- can you use 500 cities to buy, even is, is it a, a, a Mori? No, you can't, you can't, you can't. Uh, to, to feed 1,000 no, students. No, no that, that would be simple, very simplistic. What it means is that in your own house, by the logic that you advance, you are supposed to even give your daughter maybe, let's say, 200 cities a day or 100 cities at every point, morning, afternoon, evening. It doesn't work like that. If you want to be very... Yes, that's what I'm saying. In terms of the figure and the value, if the conversation is that maybe we need to raise it, fair deal, it's something that we can have that conversation in any day. But as to run that very simplistic analogy that you want to place it individually and then... No, no, no. You see, I'm giving you you two examples. I'm saying that in the private school that our kids... My school, my children go to a private school. We pay between 20 and 30 CDs per meal per child second point if you go and buy house cocoa even in even house that cocoa you buy how much does it cost it's about two cds for one so i'm just i'm, I'm coming just indulge me i am you, you are saying we shouldn't do the back of the envelope because it's simplistic but i'm saying that the man i called who is the one who runs the school used that and told me that he told Santa that if you have one cd per child and he has three thousand students even with more students there's no way the numbers will work so I and I'm saying that that plus some of the evidence they've sent suggests that clearly we are not able to fund the feeding of our no, students under the free no. SHS. And, and I am saying that it's simplistic because it's not every meal that you are also going to buy bread. You understand? It's not also every meal that you are also going to buy bread. There are also some meals that, uh, in terms of the purchasing that we are going to do with regards to the perishables. The amount may also not be that figure that you are also talking about. There are meals that you may only need pepper. So are you also going to calculate pepper and then fix it in? Yes. If you look at the broader conversation, what is the, 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 the premise of what we are all trying to advance? That ultimately, some way, somehow, there have to be discussions on increasing uh, the allocation that is made to the schools. Fair enough. I don't dispute that. Of course, anybody who has a world who feel entitled and is very legitimate. But I'm saying that it will be so unrealistic, if you ask me, to use the the model or the approach that, I mean, the money you use or you are trying to also uh, advance. That, that, that is what I, I mean. But, Bernard, what I'm saying is that the most important thing is that there has to be food in the schools. As I speak with you, within our official communication structure, I am here to 
I mean, get notified of any school that is saying that they don't have food. It also doesn't negate the comments and opinions that is flooding within the media space. That there, I mean, there are some institutions that does, does not have food. I'll be very glad to know those institutions. They, we go and resolve them. But often at times when we are, we, we also ask you media people to help out with the name of the institution so that it is in our work. You tell us that you are going to victimize the head teachers. Okay, and, fair uh, enough. Make, let me, let me do some t- two broad based points since we're on the point. Uh, first one, I'm looking at the budget for this year and I noticed that from 2017, government allocation to education as a percent of GDP has dropped from 4.5% to 3.09%. Government allocation of education as a percentage of government expenditure has also dropped from 17.5% to 12.9%, right? So that's the first point. So your 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 total percentage of contributing to education is dropping. Now, second point, which I want you to answer together with the first one. When I come to now the goods and services, which is where we are talking about what people now use to buy food, because I'm separating compensation and the others. When I come to the goods and services allocation as well, whilst SHS percentage is increased from 46 to 52 between last year and this year, all other components like basic education, tertiary, TVET are all in, are, are, are suffering reductions. All right. So it comes back to the point about, yes, free SHS is a big headline story, but the truth is that government percentage allocation to education is coming down. And even in the case where you are spending more money on secondary education for goods and services, other, that money is not even enough. And then it's almost like you are picking from other places like basic and tertiary to feed this free SHS monster, which is not working. So the question then becomes, is it not time to now make parents contribute to the free SHS so it can be more sustainable? So some of these challenges will be addressed. I, I, mean, I mean, you are a finance person. I am not a finance person. But, of course, from my, my layman's opinion, I don't believe that the right variable to use, if you really want to know the commitment of a government to a cost, is allocation. You probably have to rely on the expenditure because you can allocate more and spend less. I mean, that is just a basic principle. So uh, it's, it's even a non-starter in the first place. Again, it will be... Sorry, sorry what, what are you talking about? Can you... Can you, what do you no, mean? What do you, you mean? I, I've given you three data sets. So I've given you. No, no, no. <laughs> and I'm reacting to all of them. All I think you. No, but you, you, you said you are, no. Sorry, you are you are you are misconstrued. I said I'm looking at the allocation for. And I'm saying that don't rely on allocation. Rely on expenditure. That's why you'll be able. To yeah, but the second, the second, the second. You can allocate more and spend less. That was my point. And I'll okay, so do you have point. figures to show that you are spending more than you allocate? No, unless I, I I'm driving, I don't have any figures with me. But of course. So why don't we? Do, so why don't we rely on what is no, officially there? No, I'm saying that. No, I'm saying that you cannot rely on allocation as the basis of measuring anybody's commitment. I allocate hundred percent. I spend two percent. I mean, what does what, it doesn't make any 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 any? So, so you you are saying that it's normal for government to spend more than it allocates? No, I am saying that if we are a we are a finance person in terms of budget. And, and and all is uh, arrangements, you can allocate a amount. For instance, I mean, you are aware, CTFM can be allocated, let's say, $180 million. In terms of what the really commitment, in terms of what government has really released, 
and spent will be, let's say, about $1 million. Yeah. So if you want to have a fair conversation mm. about what really has been used or in terms of government commitment, you have to rely on the variable of expenditure, not allocation. That's what I, I just mean. In terms of the figure, we can look at it. But, I mean, you, you, it will be so simplistic and unrealistic for you to, to use that variable. Before I come to your second point, your second point is about in terms of, uh, uh, how do you call it, uh, commitment, it looks like uh, at the SHS level, much has been done, maybe at the neglect of the basic schools. Or, I think that was the point that you made. Yeah, but I, before you go, I want to say that, you see, from what you are saying, you may be undermining the finance ministry's own credibility by saying this, because you see, no, an, a, hold, no. on, a, hold, hold on, an allocation, no. an, 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 you see, an allocation is an intention. And this is what the parliament has approved. If you want to vary the allocation, either upwards or downwards, upwards you have to, you need parliamentary approval. Downwards you can say you don't have money. So for the discussion we are having, allocation is the maximum you want to spend. So allocation, no, I'm, 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 I'm coming. Finance finance Listen to me. Let me let me tell you. I am saying that if if you if you allocate something to somebody. And you are not able to raise the revenue. As for that one, you can say you don't. In fact, you are supposed to even raise revenue before you allocate. But no problem. If you go above the allocation, you need approval to do that. So I am saying that we can use allocation to show your commitment because that's your intention, and that's based on your budget. Anytime you want to vary the, anytime you want to vary the allocation. Intention is not a reality, Bernard. Intention is not a reality. Intention is not reality. Okay, fair, fair, fair enough. Let's move forward. Let's move forward. I think the key question this morning is, with all yeah, the no, challenges I wanted, that... I wanted, to, I, wanted to, I wanted to address your basic uh, secondary analysis um, before maybe you... Put okay, the, 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 the fact that you are taking from you basic see, to, see, to the secondary. Cost, okay. No, no. The, the, the cost in educating uh, people at every level varies. In terms of even the uh, uh, infrastructure expenditure, in terms of uh, uh, the cost even... On that you are going to spend on the person, they vary. So you cannot say that much has been spent at the FHS level. So it means that you can conclude necessarily that maybe they at the basic school level it has been neglected. It, it, it doesn't work that way. That's what I mean. No, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying that when I look at the numbers, the uh, the amount you are you are spending on basic is reducing. While the amount you are spending on the secondary is going up, so that suggests to I'm, me. I'm saying that the, 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 the cost in educating children at every level varies, so they always be you. You always see such data. Anyway, but you are aware of the 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 data that over 1.2 million children of basic school going age are not in school. You are aware of the number of basic schools still under trees and all the numbers I, published about the challenges that basic education is facing with even sending them their capitation grants. Bernard, you are aware of these points. No, Bernard, I'm, I'm just whatever, asking if you are aware Bernard, of these points. Bernard, Bernard, whatever challenges within the education space, <laughs> it's not maybe just two years old or one year old. It's been systemic. If you want to measure how we have been able to engage it, you measure it with the level of commitment and the efforts we put into it. And that is how the conversation should be. I'm not sure the expectation is that if, let's say, we have 5,000 schools under trees, which is being with us, even pre independent, uh, just all of a sudden, all the 5,000 schools will be, will be, will be dedicated. Okay. We can measure our commitment with regards to what we've done. How many schools have we been able to, I mean, remove from schools under trees when we came in? 
Parliament. That is how. Let me let me come to the main question. The the various expert stakeholder groups have called for free SHS to be reviewed. The original position of the government was that free SHS will not be reviewed. Although a few weeks ago, I read a story somewhere that the World Bank was going to lead a review of the free SHS. The question, is this review on behalf of the government of Ghana, or as far as government is concerned, free SHS will not be reviewed? Aside the comments of the president, any other comment that I would make is beyond my pay scale. The president made it clear that in terms of review, uh, within the context that was put out there, he's not going to review it. So I'm not able to give any other comments beyond... So the position that. is as stated by the president publicly, free SHS will not be reviewed? Yeah, that's what I, 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 I subscribe myself to. Uh, any other comments? Yes, and, I, and I, I just want to assume that he, he picks information about the education sector from your ministry. So your ministry will be feeding him with the... The, the state of secondary education, which will inform whatever he wants to do with it, I guess. Oh, obviously, the president is briefed by the minister at every point. And so the question is, is the minister's view about the success of free SHS the same as it was two years ago? Yes, I mean, how do you measure the successes? <laughs> the, the, the right indicator is to look at the quality component and the output. What has been the output of the students who wrote the exams? For the past eight years, it's only the free SHS but that has, in terms of even uh, passing with, for all the course subjects, at least averagely, having not less than 50% passing in, uh, uh, between A1 and C6 in all the course subjects. So in terms of the, the data, it supports that the program is doing well. That so the, so they are, the they are passing well, it means the policy is, is going on well, so they will not, it will not be reviewed. I don't know whether you, you have any other variable that probably we could use to measure the rate of its assets, largely. Oh, there are of many course, things. Eh? There, there's dropout rate. There are issues of the health of the students. There are issues of students in the north. For example, there's a story that uh, that no, the Savannah no, Education no. Director is begging parents to ask students to come back to school because some are not going. So I'm saying that there are many things. But you are saying that for all, you, all those, the all most those important issues, thing is they, pass rate. No, I am saying that all those issues even predate three HHS. It is not free SHS which gave us the issues. What, what is the whole point about it? The only, the only component has to be that fact that parents are not paying. I mean, beyond before free SHS, there were health issues. Before free SHS, there were infrastructure issues. Before free SHS, all the issues that you mentioned, they were there. So I'm not sure. The, the, there's a couple of texts about some schools now clandestinely asking parents to make payments to contribute to the running of the schools. But making that, let me read this one for you. My my kids' brother's school called for a PTA, strategically class by class, to lay down the true set of the free SHS. Subsequently, we all had to agree to pay an amount monthly to support their feeding. We then had to sign an NDA just for secrecy's sake, so that they are made to pay, but they will not um, make it public because they fear victimization. <laughs> Okay, Bernard, I think this whole point about victimization, I wanted to come there. And and for me, until we, we really get to know the problem and the schools that are involved, it will make our work difficult. But here is a case, you have to say, let's even admit that that assessing is true. Logically, it may not be consistent. Why am I saying that? 
if we look at the teachers and the headmasters, beyond they having even the, the effrontery or even the, 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 the courage to come out to speak for themselves, there is trust, which happens to be the official mouthpiece of the headmasters. So what happens with trust? Is trust also being victimized? <laughs> but you remember, you remember, you remember last time, Charles came out to say that if they didn't have supply of food, they'll close down the schools before school vacated. It means, it means, it means headmasters are speaking. Nobody is victimized. That was Charles speaking as a collective, not individual because headmasters. Because the headmasters to themselves respect their own association that they've created for themselves. So I'm not sure they will even want to speak by individually. When they speak as a block, it holds much weight, like any other association. So why is it that when they are not speaking individually, somebody feels that people are intimidating them? To what end? So the whole point about we are afraid to speak, the headmasters are afraid to speak, and if we speak, they are going to victimize them. So how do we get to know the schools and, and resolve the problem? Granted that they are indeed afraid to speak. The chance is available. Is the Minister of Education or Minister of Education also going to victimize the whole task? In essence, tackling all or transferring all the HL headmasters under task. Come on, I'm sure we'll talk again. Thank you for your, your time. <laughs> Kwesi Kwating is the uh, spokesperson for the Education Ministry, speaking to us on the free SHS and the situation we find. Uh, I'm going to take a, a, a break and I'm going to take you into Effective Living Series. We all need a breather. We all need to know how to manage our finances so that we can have enough money <laughs> to buy more... Wonderful. You know, dinat <laughs> to, <laughs> to buy dinat and give to our children to go to school. <laughs> Do you know dinat? So from the government's perspective, that is just the em, em, everything. The results they believe. The results. There's no problem. Oh, you are the one worrying yourself. <laughs> this is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Welcome to another edition of your Effective Living series. This is your 2023 starter pack on CTFM and CTTV. This week, we're looking at financial foundations for the year. We are in very difficult financial times, and our topics throughout the week have been aimed at helping you secure your financial future. This morning, I'll be speaking to a financial consultant and executive coach on how to secure your financial future in times like these. Inflation is in the, I don't know, 50s. We have... CD depreciation has been a big challenge as well. Globally, inflation is high. These are tough times. Ghana is going through a debt exchange. People have lost money through various haircuts. So how do you secure your financial future in times like this? My guest is somebody I've been talking to for a long time on these things. She used to work in an investment bank. Now she's an executive coach, and she's right in the middle of the storm. Doris Ahinati is my guest. Doris, great to have you. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Happy New Year. Many happy returns. And uh, thank you for joining us. So these are wild times. You've done this for over 20 years. Have you seen any times like this before? <laughs> no, not in my lifetime yet. Wow. I mean, we had a 2007 crisis. Mm. Um, it was nothing like this. We've heard about the Great Depression mm. and other sports where we've had some challenging economic mm. seasons. This one seems to be 
like quite severe. Mm. It's very unprecedented, as you say. So the, the question is, how do you, what, what do you need to know in times like this so you don't get drowned? What, what, what does a person need to know in times like these? Okay. So thank you very much. I want us to go back to start with where we are coming from. Mm -hmm. And the reason why it becomes important for us to do something mm -hmm. in order to secure our financial future in these turbulent times is mm -hmm. the condition that these times have created. Mm -hmm. We have come from the era that we used to call the VUCA. There was a lot of volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguities that mm -hmm. you have to factor into decision-making. Mm -hmm. And then post-COVID 2019, we've come into the era that we call the bunny, mm. where the world and everything has become so brittle the level of fragility has increased. There's more anxiety, and okay. emphasis here is on the anxiety bit mm -hmm. that we all have to live with. People mm. are having sleepless nights. Mm. Uh, people are mm. getting into depression, and we have suicide rates going up yeah. in some jurisdictions. Mm -hmm. So that's the anxiety bit in mm -hmm. the bunny. Mm -hmm. And then we have the fact that it's a nonlinear world. And imagine how you could have two people hold the two ends of a rope versus when you just toss it and it becomes like a spaghetti and it's round, 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 and you have to figure out your way to get to the end of the rope. Nothing is linear now. Um, we used to have that level of predictability. So if I invest A today, tomorrow this is how much I'm going to get out. The world no longer is offering you that predictability. So that's what the N for nonlinear linear mm -hmm. stands for. And then we have I, which is incomprehensibility. Wow. And I'm touching on this just to prepare our minds. Because if you continue to live in the world pre-COVID, mm. where we didn't have to deal with VUCA or BUNNY, and you think that you must understand things and they must make sense logically before you move, I'm sorry, we are not mm. going back to that world and you are going to be left behind. Mm. If you are looking for the linearity that we were used to, mm -hmm. it's no longer there. Mm. And once you change the mindset, then it becomes easier for you to begin to navigate your world yourself through this new world that we call the bunny. Mm. So that's where I wanted to start mm. from. Okay. We, you would agree with me that the backdrop that I've just painted has mm. the tendency to shake your comfort and um, sort of throw you into a lot of chaos and uncertainty mm. and you want to cling on to something for hope. Mm -hmm. And this is where my conversation really wants to start from. And I want to start with the security needs that have been created. Okay. You alluded nicely to the macro mm -hmm. indicators and how they are looking like global inflation. It's not mm -hmm. just a Ghana thing, mm -hmm. but it's across the world. Questions that is probably on people's mind would include how far can I survive depending on my current financial resources or buffer? The other question is, with what certainty can I sustain my mm. earning power? Mm -hmm. You see people are being laid off. Hmm. You are asking yourself how close it is getting. Hmm. Um, what's the likelihood that in three years' time that you plan to marry, that you would have accumulated enough, um, that your wife may be working, etc. Mm -hmm. So there are these uncertainties to deal with. And mm -hmm. you are curious how to sustain your earning power. 
The other question that may be on a lot of people's minds is, who are in my support mm -hmm. system or network? This is mm. a very crucial mm. question. Mm. When I'm feeling all alone, when I'm feeling like I don't know where my next meal is going to come from, who are the people that I have that I might fall on? Mm -hmm. Because there may be those nights, those moments where you need to fall on someone. Mm -hmm. And then the other question is the what ifs. Mm -hmm. The what ifs seem unlimited. What if I fall sick? What if I'm involved in some disability? I become disabled. There's the laid off bed. Mm -hmm. There's uh, maybe you are dependent on some breadwinner mm -hmm. or someone that guarantees your income. What if something happens to them? Mm. If you are an entrepreneur, you are wondering what happens if my business should collapse? Mm -hmm. What happens with these haircuts, conversations, hmm. and debt exchange that we talk about? Mm -hmm. And then there are people that have withdrawn their cash successfully, taking a haircut of sorts hmm. and hiding them under their beds. What if there's robbery? Hmm. Mm. Okay, so mm. these are some of the security needs that have been created mm. uh, by the environment that okay. we find the, so the, the, the turbulence many. yes so yes. how can i survive who is in my support network mm -hmm. uh can i keep earning an income what if sickness happens what if haircut happens so on the basis of all these questions what where do i start from right okay, how do i reset myself before we even go into a plan of action what do i need to know around this period to respond to this brilliant question and I want to say start from having a bit of knowledge and understanding of finances, mm -hmm. what we call financial literacy. Okay. The times have changed, mm -hmm. but the fact that you need to apply these basic knowledge has not changed. Mm. You have to still use the knowledge. And I like to say you have to take a double dose. Okay. I like to use the paracetamol example. If you have a migraine, I'm not a doctor. Mm -hmm. uh, you probably would have to take two paracetamol pills, whereas if it's a mild pain, you can just take one pill. Mm -hmm. So this is how you should apply mm -hmm. the financial literacy. And the aspect that I want people to focus on is the fact, uh, the principle of time value of money, mm -hmm. which says that if you can get paid today, if you can negotiate for it today, by mm -hmm. all means do that. Mm -hmm. Because that money that you would get today will be worth a lot more mm -hmm. than if it took longer for you to have access to that mm -hmm. money. So mm -hmm. the time value of money basically saying that a dollar in your hand today, a Ghana CD in your hand today is worth hmm. more than the same nominal value promised you at a later time. So let that guide you in the choices and decisions that you make. Mm -hmm. Risk, return, positive relationship has not changed in turbulent times. Mm -hmm. If you see any opportunity that look like it's too juicy, too promising, mm -hmm. understand that it's equally coming with a much higher risk. Mm -hmm. Risk meaning that there's a probability you lose whatever you put in to start with. Okay. There's a liquidity reward. Mm. When you part company with your money, mm -hmm. that discomfort of not having your cash in your hand you get some reward for it okay and so when you pull all the money and you want to put it under your pillow or somewhere and you are very liquid in your own macro setup note that you are not going to earn any return for that let me quickly add that it's important in these times that you have liquidity but don't overdo it don't overdo it don't melt everything don't melt everything <laughs> When we get into the and collect everything and come and pack it in your house and say, Charlie, me, I'm in the music. 
Because Charlie Rana, I can't trust anybody. If I bad. Some people have done that, <laughs> taking a haircut, and they are calling me back. So now, what's, what do what's, I do with the, the, do the, the money? Community. Yes, so be guided. Mm. And then also pay attention to the use of a budget. A budget is a very useful tool, and even in these times, you will still need to use your mm. budget. And then build character. Mm. The key character traits that we need in these times as we get into the action planning will mm -hmm. be discipline. All right. This is effectively living series. We are in the season of turbulence. My guest is Doris Ahinati, who is a financial consultant and an executive coach, and she's helping us work through how to plan your finances or essentially how to survive tough financial times. She's given us the basis. Now, she's going to give us the action plan. What do you do next? So, Doris, I'm back in your hands. What do we do? Thank you very much. The first thing you need to guard mm -hmm. and requires you to take daily action, I would recommend one action first thing when you wake up. Uh, in the course of the day, around 1, 2 p.m., mm -hmm. when the day is getting heated up, and again before you go to bed, and it is maintaining your sanity. Mm. Okay. Maintain your sanity because we are talking about the anxiety that is created by, the, by this uh, world that we are in. Mm. And it's important that we guard and maintain our sanity mm -hmm. because it is with our mental capacities and resourcefulness that we create our solutions. That we are able to assess what we are even dealing with. Mm. And we are able to make the choice that are optimal. Mm -hmm. And so if you are mentally destabilized, if mm. you are too worried, if you are angry, you are blaming someone, you are limited in your creativity and resourcefulness to be able to come up with the right solution. In fact, you may be overshooting the runway in the kind of solutions that you are coming up with. And you may end up making choices that are not will not inure to your benefit. So maintain your mental sanity. And this bit of our emotional well-being, I know one of the preceding topics has focused on that. The whole, the whole of the previous two weeks, two weeks before this, we've right. been doing that. So. Right. So this is positive intelligence, emotional intelligence, your social connections, mm -hmm. practical exercises that puts you in touch with your own senses, what you are feeling in your body, mm -hmm. what is happening around you, being mm -hmm. in touch. Okay, it's important that we are not so distracted and carried away. Mm -hmm. And there are a number of activities you can research positive intelligence exercises and then get into doing these and do mm -hmm. them at least three times in mm -hmm. the day mm -hmm. so that you are focused and you are balanced and you are making optimal choices. Mm -hmm. The second action point that I want to share is that you must have a long term plan and be flexible. Okay, there is the temptation in times like this that people would prioritize. Um, their choices based on the present. Okay. But guess what? Tomorrow will come and you'll be there, alive and well. Mm. So don't shelve your long-term plan. If it's some investment you were contributing to mm. your retirement plans, mm. don't halt them mm. just because we are in these turbulent times. Mm -hmm. Just assess the situation and continue to do contributions. If mm. the contributions may be affected a bit, so be it. Mm -hmm. But I always recommend that when you are constrained with your resources, it's also a good time for you to look for additional resource streams so mm -hmm. that you can maintain mm -hmm. whatever contributions that you had set yourself to mm -hmm. do. 
pace yourself. Sometimes you may have to slow down a little bit, mm -hmm. um, but depending on what the circumstances are, keep going with your long-term goal. Don't shelve them. So that's my second action plan. The third action plan is that you should focus on possibilities mm. in a continuous way. Okay. So the broad picture is that there's a lot of turbulence and we can't see our way too clearly. Mm -hmm. Don't stop. Take one action. When you take one action, you can only see so much. Maybe um, if I should use normal distance terms, just half a kilometer. Ask yourself that within this half a kilometer radius, what is possible? List all the possibilities and choose what you think will best work for you. But don't struggle and say that I can't see one kilometer, I can't see two kilometers ahead, and therefore I will not take any action. I cannot do anything. I'm incapacitated and I'm overwhelmed and my world has come to an end. So every step of the way, every phase, every day, look at what is possible, what are my options, what is within my control, mm -hmm. and then start with that. As you take action on that, you see that you, you would have access to a little bit more, you have um, newer doors opening, and that will steadily lead you into what will give you the satisfaction and the peace that you need in these turbulent times. Mm. The third action point I want to... Sorry, the fourth action point. So You know, so far, I haven't mentioned money. I haven't mentioned money. <laughs> and uh, we will come wondering, to that. Uh, we said we want to financial security, <laughs> sanity, health, possibility, and things. Yes, anyway, we'll so let, let's move. So the fourth thing is that you should invest in people. Okay. See what contribution you can bring to the table. What okay. impact that you can make mm. and build friendships. And the reason why this is important to invest in people, remember the meal thing. There will be days when you are cash-strapped and the other person may have some warm meal to share. We are all dealing with so much and uh, we can extend a little bit of empathy and kindness to the people that we interact with because we don't know what they are also dealing with. And while it's turbulent, today you are up, tomorrow you are down. And tomorrow when you are down, somebody else is up. And so we need to hold each other's hand and support each other. That's where investing in people comes in. Mm -hmm. You should also invest in your health. This is the faith action wow. point that I want to share. Mm. Invest in your health hmm. and in yourself. Mm -hmm. Aim to achieve relevance. Okay? Mm. When I say invest in your health, whatever little funds you have in your hand, you are going to spend it anyway. Spend it in a way that generates dividends for you in your health. If you spend it in a way that makes you sick tomorrow, your health is your earning capacity. You have to be well to get up to go out there to earn. Mm -hmm. There are choices you will make that may lead to accidents, may lead to disabilities, which were concerns we raised at the beginning. But when you are well, then you are able to go out there and fend for yourself. And then the bits on investing in yourself... In times like this, it may become important for you to self-disrupt. There may be newer mm. skills. Mm. And I know there's a bit that focus on career and skills as well. That may be more relevant today. And you shouldn't say that, oh, as for me, I pursued a degree in archaeology or I pursued a degree in accounting or something, and that's my focus. That's all I have to do. In turbulent times when there's a lot of disruption, you have to find what programs, what courses are relevant and align yourself 
so that you continue to have that income earning power, whatever the situation may be. I want to quote Dr. Jim Kim here. Mm -hmm. He says that I don't want to be something. I want to do something. So let's not seek that we've accumulated some high balance and we are um, some, what do they call them? Uh, celebrity, mm -hmm. and that's all there is. But look at what impact that you are bringing into the community that you are in. Mm -hmm. The sixth is that stay curious and interested okay. and contribute. Your curiosity will help you to see what is going on <clears throat> in your environment, what opportunities that will earn money for you are there mm -hmm. so that you can latch onto them yeah. and then call out for help. Wow. This is incredible. We are still on the Effective Living series. This is the second day of our fourth and final week, and we're focusing on securing your financial future. We call it Financial Foundations for 2023. And this morning, Doris Ahiati is helping us appreciate how to uh, secure your financial or status in turbulent times. She's given us a, a, an action plan. Uh, maintain your sanity. Have a long-term plan. Uh, focus on possibilities in a continuous way. Invest in people. Invest in your health. Stay curious and interested. Uh, and contribute and then call out for help. Now, I guess people will be asking, okay, yes, we've heard all of that. But give me some practical tips on what to do now. Okay, now I have liquidated all my funds, or I don't have any money, or I'm in debt, or whatever. I just want you to tell me one or two things, in addition to whatever you said, that I should not forget before we go. So, Doris. Right. I'm mindful that we all come from different backgrounds, and as a finance professional, mm -hmm. the caveat is always to make recommendations based on people's unique circumstances, mm -hmm. and so we do profiling. Mm -hmm. I'm not able to do profiling for all our listeners from where mm -hmm. we are sitting. Mm -hmm. So I'm giving principles that people can apply mm -hmm. in the measures that are most effective based mm -hmm. on their own circumstances. Mm -hmm. And I have a list of maybe 10. Okay. The first one is consideration and empathy. All right. It ties in a bit with something I've said earlier. So be considerate. Mm -hmm. There are people that would have opportunities to earn money, and they may be so inconsiderate with their ask mm -hmm. that they end up losing out. Okay. Opportunities are there as we speak. Mm -hmm. Businesses are struggling. Mm. Everybody is impacted. Now, the one who is considerate of the circumstances of the customer is the one who gets the opportunity to provide the service mm. and therefore get paid. Mm. So don't set your ask so rigidly high that you end up missing out. There's a job opportunity. You went there, your minimum acceptable salary is so high that even though you are the most qualified and they would have employed you, they turn you away because you are not able to manage your ask. Mm -hmm. This is how it impacts mm. you financially. Okay. Then the second point is to listening to all the people are impacted. This relates to the first point. Mm -hmm. The person who is employing you, your customer who says that, give me a week to pay you. The person that says that, yes, I can patronize your services, but can you reason with me in this way? Mm -hmm. This is what I'm dealing with in my own setup. So can you meet me halfway? Mm. We need to learn how to listen to these people and truly hear them and trust what they are sharing with us so that we can continue to be in business. Remember, we are holding each other's hand mm -hmm. in these times. Mm -hmm. Then also measure the scope of impact of whatever austerity actions that you decide to take. 
Very important. Yes. Mm. Um, there are some people that are making changes in their home setup, yeah. in their business setup. But that particular item that you are touching, Charlie. how much difference will it make? You are cutting everything. Yes. Charlie. So let's target those items that we mm. decide to work on. I was okay. working out an example. Mm -hmm. So we are in austerity and we decide that we are no longer dining out or we are minimizing mm -hmm. and then i was thinking that imagine a situation where from time to time you have help with food cooked by someone and it costs a little bit less than if you cook it yourself and that affords you the opportunity if you are qualified to teach your own children that will save you how much you pay um what do you call home teacher mm. the home teacher as a professor may be charging you more if somebody helped with the cooking and you save that time, if you are qualified, the savings from there may not be that much. But if you look at the saving by not re engaging that teacher's services, you mm. save a whole lot more. So wow. we also need to weigh the cost benefits implications of whatever choices that we are making. It's not just a sweeping um let's not eat out it may be good for one family it may not be ideal for another family so depending on whether this person is able to cook easier or teach easier yes they may decide to solve for bringing a home teacher yes or bringing somebody to help to clean the house and cook yes so it is very idiosyncratic but you must you don't just cut and say no teacher no home anything you have to be precisely mm, i get that so look at your that. circumstances mm. you may have the higher earning power for your time yeah and so you may still continue when people are saying let's do everything by ourselves for mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. it may make sense to still outsource mm -hmm. and then go spend your time to earn mm -hmm. prioritize your health i've mentioned that then cut cure wastage mm -hmm. i think that's a very good place to start with austerity there are things we buy that we don't use mm. when you go into people's dustbins this is the time that i want to see bins dry mm. dry because the biodegradables have been put in a place where you are planting two or three kukuyam or pepper that you can harvest for use in your house and the biodegradable is fertilizing the soil for you the plastics there are companies in ghana that recycle plastic and they will be happy to trade whatever plastics you bring to them in exchange for something, maybe a bottle of water or contribution to your electricity units that you buy. They are there in this country. So let's be mindful and make use of uh, what was waste. Mm. Portion control as well comes in here. We used to overeat. Portion control. Yes, obesity has been on the ascendant. The cameraman is laughing. So this is a good time for you to take good care of yourself. You don't control more. Possibly control or possibly, my brother. <laughs> Go with the flow. Uh, oh yes. Mm. Life in turbulent times becomes like surfing on mm. the oceans. Mm. If you go with the tides, mm. it's very smooth. Mm -hmm. But when you resist it, Charlie. then it's very stressful because mm. you are fighting an uphill. Charlie. It's an uphill task. You are not mm. going to win anyway. Mm. So go with the flow at any point in time. Just pause, assess your circumstances, and see what is the best option to follow what is the best step what is the best route to pursue now mm. and then bit by bit we will sail through this i want to assure our listeners that these financial seasons and cycles from time immemorial as they they, they put it they've been they've been there we have those times when there's a lot of difficulty and then we come out of it 
we begin to recover and we have another boom again and we go back to the beginning of the cycle. So please don't feel while we are in the present moment that this is all the world is going to be for the rest of our lives. Um, I'm a Christian and mm. I know that there is predictions of tough times, but I also believe that for mm. Christians and whatever you believe in, you are able to look up to your God mm. to provide for you in these times also and be hopeful that we will eventually come out of this. Mm. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. That's what she's saying. But uh, for those who know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. exploits. So. What I like about presentation is that you've been you've not been heavy on just money. It's like a total thing. You're talking about health, mm -hmm. priority, empathy, behavior, and a lot of people don't come to finance like that. And I, I think it's a very important distinction, you know, because a lot of people feel, give me a budget, let me write this, that, 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 that. But essentially, you're saying, you're, if you are not healthy, you can't make money. If you are not in the right frame of mind, you can't make money. If you're not thinking straight, you can't make the right decision. So we, we should not make it humundious. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So you've, you've sort of demystified finance in a way that I like a lot because I was even looking for the presentation with calculators and things. <laughs> you know, those that come to calculate how much you and cut this, but you've not done any of that. And I feel what you're saying is that if you think straight, you are careful enough, you accept that these are difficult times, not going to last, you can do a lot of practical, sensible things that will keep you afloat and obviously talk to people. So final point, if someone wants to talk to you, they like your presentation, want to reach you, how can they get in touch with you? So um, <clears throat> I'd like to put my email address out there, mm -hmm. dorisahiati at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. And we, I'm happy to connect on LinkedIn. I'm mm -hmm. Doris Ahiati everywhere. Mm -hmm. So that and then www.crescendoconsultlimited mm -hmm. is another place where... Mm. Um, they might be able to yeah. reach. For those of you who don't know, Doris is a certified John Maxwell, John C. Maxwell coach. She's an international coaching federation member. She's a chartered institute of bankers Ghana member, also of the Security and Investment Community UK. She's also a DISC accredited consultant coach. And just a, the coaching level there, like jogging club, <laughs> Coach Masters Academy alumnus. Charlie, you do all. Please listen to this interview again, share it with friends, get in touch with Crescendo Consult, and I'm sure even though times are tough, we'll get through together. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. This is the Effective Living Series. We call it Startup Pack 2023. We'll be with you next time. Bye-bye. This is the City Breakfast Show. The City's Biggest Conversation. So it's 940 City Breakfast Show. A quick a couple of announcements before we get into our next interview. If you are looking to enhance your data analytics skills, Finest Skills Hub is offering a practical hands-on training to corporates and individuals in Excel for work in data analytics and financial modeling to help you improve your productivity at work. 
Now register for the next round of training at Finex Skills Hub. That's F I N E X SkillsHub.com or call zero two four four seven eight two three five six to sign up for our corporate and individual training sessions. Finex Skills Hub, learn, connect, and grow. Heritage Christian College is uh, offering programs in various subjects, areas: accounting, marketing, human resource, banking and finance, IT, theology, media, and IT. Call us to register or buy your forms, star 789, star 300 ash, or simply go to our website, hcuc.edu.gh. We have a 50% tuition waiver for all January entries. All you require is a WASI or, or an ABCE or an HND or diploma top-up. Or if you're a mature student, you should be 25 years old. ECG is warning those who are fond of setting fires. Bushfires are affecting our system. We reserve the right to seek legal redress against offenders whose activities destroy our installations. So whether you own a farm or you're clearing your land to build a house, make sure you have the right permit and procedure before you set any fire. For more information on this, go to ecg.com.gh. All right, so the University of Ghana is uh, 75, and I'm sure you've heard of this on this show already. And as part of the celebrations, the university is putting together a series of public lectures uh, to deal with important subjects. And to talk to us about that this morning, I have a member of the the governance, <laughs> a member of the university community. I believe you are the uh, Aquapo Hall um, master. Yeah, I've exited actually. And you are the co-chair of the planning committee. Yeah, but I'm no longer a coffee master. I'm now head of linguistics department. Wonderful. Dr. Clement Appa. Oh, when I was in Legon, you were, I think you were TA at the time, or you were master something. When I was there, I, I had started that. teaching actually. Started teaching, yes, yeah. when I went to Legon. You've, you, you've, you've maintained your purity. So you are now the co-chair of the committee. Of the committee, yeah. So UG is 75. That's right. So we are the oldest investing in Ghana? Yes. I see. So what are we doing for 75? Yeah, a, a lot of things. Mm. Um, so, so our anniversary is not just for Legon. It's mm-hmm. a celebration of higher education in Ghana. All right. And so we should make it count mm-hmm. for the nation. So that is why we put together these series of lectures mm-hmm. targeting various aspects of the Ghanaian community and economy. Mm-hmm. And also generally things that we think can help the nation focus on important things. Mm. Um, so as 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 you, we are going to talk about, we have the first one on the energy sector. We thought that um, we've come some one decade of um, discovery of oil mm-hmm. and um, the hopes that initially came with um, the aspirations of moving into this oil-rich country where a lot of things are working. Mm. We wanted to do an assessment mm-hmm. of how far we've come where we are now mm. and what the future holds for us. Mm-hmm. So that is why we put this particular lecture right. down for us mm. to reflect on the sector generally. So there will be other lectures on Absolutely. other subjects. Absolutely. But we are starting off with energy. Yes. And we are using energy transitions as the hook. Energy transition is a major issue globally. Yes. And who have you selected to be the speaker for this time? I mean, we choose the best mm. and the, the most authoritative voice you can find now, mm. the, the the CEO himself of the Petroleum Commission. Mm. Um, Mr. Egbert Faber will be speaking. Mm. And um, 
we we have other people. Would you want me to just mention them? Yes, yeah, some well? of them. Yes, so, so, so we, know what's we have Mr. Kuku Andawachi, okay. also an authority in his own right, mm -hmm. chairing the panel. Okay, the Minister of uh, Energy will be there as the guest of honor. Okay, Mr. Ben Boachi of ASEP will be the discussant, mm -hmm. and then we have um, Samson Ladiayeni moderating the whole show. Wonderful. Of course, we can't do without the the big woman of the institution, the Professor Naba. She'll be there will also well. be there, yes. Mm. So, uh, Egbert is joining us to talk about what he'll be saying. Uh, just to let listeners know that, so that this is one of many lectures and there are other activities. So, apart from the lectures, there are other things like homecoming, there are yeah. different things happening, but the lectures are some of like the, the, the high point yeah. of these. F final point before Egbert comes in, must the speaker be an alumnus? No. Not okay, necessarily. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the person mustn't be an academic. That is the okay. whole point. Okay. We wanted we wanted people to come and speak to those who are knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. um, so there is one lecture, for example, on integrity, and it's going to be handled by Manasseh Azura Awene. There is one we are looking at getting on the um, creative arts. Mm. Um, the speaker hasn't still confirmed yet, but maybe I can mention that we're looking at manifests. Oh, wonderful. Example. So it's very broad based. Yes, yes, yes. You are picking. So, uh, Egbert, when, welcome, LBF, welcome. Thank you. Uh, when you got the call from Legon that you will be the first speaker in this series, what, what did you, what was going through your mind? Well, I mean, as a proud alumnus, mm. I, I was excited. I mm. mean, Legon is what it is. It's a very proud, prestigious university. Of course. It's an honor to, to, to call yourself an alumni of the University of Ghana. And uh -huh. so, I mean, as my alma mater, I, I, I could not have said anything than yes mm. to, to it because I also think that the topic mm. um, for, for the lecture mm -hmm. is very imperative. It is compelling, mm -hmm. especially in the times in which we find ourselves. I mean, mm. if you want to maybe straight jacket it into the energy transition that is being talked mm -hmm. about. But a topic mm -hmm. that I'll be speaking to, energy transitions, reflections on the state of Ghana's oil and gas industry, I mm. think even goes wider mm -hmm. than just the energy transition. And so, mm. if I can just give you a teaser, mm -hmm. it is from inception to date. Okay. So, when humanity started, um, from, from, from the beginnings, man was looking at energy from the, from the surface of the earth. Of course. And so, where all over the world, people were dependent on the sun, mm -hmm. largely. Mm -hmm. And then the Industrial Revolution came, mm -hmm. and so there was a certain movement into hydropower, mm -hmm. which was still on the surface of the earth, because that was just energy from moving water, and then it moved from energy underground, where we, we had coal, oil, and natural gas, which the, has the hydrocarbons. Us, yes, which has brought us up to where we are, and all of a sudden, we are now talking about going back to the renewables. Yes. So so we moved from the surface, mm -hmm. we went underground, and now we are virtually looking at coming back mm. to the surface, from black to green. Mm. You understand? So it's, it's a very interesting topic, and I want to commend the University of Ghana mm. for, for having this in mind and the fact that energy imperatives um, are what they are. They are compelling. It, mm. it, is, it is a matter of survival for humanity. It is a matter of survival for Ghana. Mm. And so and so, I'll be speaking to some of the issues, and then in particular, what has Ghana done in all of this? What has Ghana done in all of this? Mm -hmm. Starting from, you know, possibly nineteen is it nineteen fourteen or so? You know, secondly, mm -hmm. it's the first town in Ghana mm -hmm. that had access to electricity. 
The whole Ghana. The whole Ghana. Second day. Yes. And then it transitioned and went on and on and on. Wow. Till I think 1948, the 50s. Mm-hmm. And all of that was run so even before on Cape diesel Coast. plants. Even yeah, before Cape, Cape Coast. Cape Coast came later. Wow. Tema at a point had the largest, um, what do you call it, diesel generating plant mm-hmm. in the whole of West Africa, I think. Mm. You know, and all of that. So you realize that before independence, we were from the secondary situation that I've talked about, mm-hmm. we're using diesel-powered gensets, right? And then, of course, Gagesberg, under the colonial administration, Governor Gagesberg, as you mm-hmm. say, also came up with this futuristic plan of the mm-hmm. Kosombo yeah. or, or the Volta River project, which, you know, came on stream, I think, in 1965, mm-hmm. um, under uh, Dr. Kwame Nkrumah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we came to the PNDC era, where GMPC came mm. into existence. And then, you know, we went on and President Kufour came in 2001. And, of course, even before President Kufour came, before PNDC, mm-hmm. um, the Sopon Oil Fields discovery also came, you know, I think in the 70s or so. Mm. And then we, 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 we did some production um, of oil from there. And then, of course, GMPC came, as I've already mm-hmm. alluded to. Mm-hmm. And then President Kufour also came in 2001, mm-hmm. looked at GMPC and thought that things should be done differently. And then the Jojo Usu story, that brought about the, the first major commercial discovery of, of oil in Ghana, mm-hmm. leading to the, the coming on stream of the Jubilee Fields. Or the Jubilee, yeah, the Jubilee Fields. And, and then we'd have to have had a 10 discovery and then the Sankofa Jinyame discovery. And lately, some discoveries since 2018. So you are basically going to give us an annotated history of Ghana's Not, own energy. So oh, that will be part it, of this it, conversation. It will be, be part of it. And mm-hmm. then I'll give you um, observations mm-hmm. about where we are mm. and some of the things we need to... It's, it's been... We found oil in commercial quantities in 2007. Jubilee came on stream in 2010. Mm-hmm. So 2010 to 2023 uh, uh, is about 13, yeah, 13 or so years. Mm-hmm. And so you cannot, you know, proceed even as a growing child <laughs> mm. from where you were, you were, you were a toddler mm. to your teenage years mm-hmm. and be, not do a review of some of the foundations on which you, 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 Mm. And so, yes, within it, we can look at certain aspects of it. And of course, this critical issue of everybody says that we have oil in Ghana. Mm-hmm. So, why, what, 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 what value are we getting? Mm. And then, uh, why don't we use our own oil here and all? Why do we have this, to yes, import finished product? Yes. Why have so to process it? We'll deal with some of those things. All those, those questions. When you join the troll trolls, when you join the trains, mm. when you join the taxis, the Ubers, and the rest, people, mm. you know, you listen, people have. So are, are, you coming from, are you coming from a Ghana centric side to see what any transitions means for us? Because as you said, it's also a global issue. Yeah. It's a major issue in the world. So, which angle are you going to come from? So, or what's the scope? From, I start from the global. Mm. And then I zero in on Ghana and, and, and the steps that Ghana has taken. Mm. For example, why do we have the fiscal regime, you know, with respect to upstream petroleum operations that we have in Ghana mm-hmm. and all of that? You know, if you, if you want to drill um, a well, mm-hmm. an oil well, let's say offshore in deep waters, today mm-hmm. it will cost you between 50 million to 60 million US dollars. The mm-hmm. question is, do we 
uh, call on government to bring that money from the consolidated fund. To come and do that work. Uh, when the success rate, as we all know, mm. <laughs> these are wildcat wells. And mm-hmm. so you may or may not make mm. a discovery. So when you spend that much and haven't made a discovery, how would the same people of Ghana look mm. at you mm. for such a business decision? Mm-hmm. And so... Of course, I mean, if you look at resource nationalism, people yeah. are concerned, hey, we should all for us, all for us. But way back in the 60s, I think, Indonesia, mm. concerned about developments with, with respect to national control of hydrocarbon resources, decided to introduce what is known as a production sharing contract, mm-hmm. PSC. Some call it a production sharing agreement, whereby... Mm-hmm. You know, the state gets to play roles, like the way GMPC, for example, represents our commercial mm-hmm. interest in every petroleum agreement. And through that, our people also learn mm-hmm. how to work the oil fields and what have you. That, 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 that has been in existence. The UK, for example, um, uses a license tax regime where it just gives a license to oil companies or EMP companies, exploration and production companies, mm-hmm. and says that bore and drill for oil and gas for us. We don't have a national oil company. That's the UK. When you have done, when you've made a discovery, just pay your taxes and uh-huh. go. Uh-huh. <laughs> you understand? Huh. So they they don't have a national oil company. But can we in Ghana afford to do that? That's a good question. There's a feeling. I remember yeah. IFS did a paper in 2018 yeah. where they said they compared the extractives, and they said if you take Botswana, you take Nigeria, per resource mined, whether it's oil or gold or diamonds. Ghana gets a lower percentage of the returns than all comparable countries. They said, for example, Nigeria gets over about 50% of the value of the oil they produce, either in taxes and royalties and other things. Botswana also gets over 40-something percent. Ghana's was around 20%. And this was both all extractives, including the sector that you oversee. So one of the big questions in Ghana's economic discussions is around how do we get more from our natural resources. And I don't know if you are going to deal with that. Yeah. yeah. And what, I don't know what angle, I, I come from a legal angle, I come from an economic well, angle, because there are, is, many, there are many dimensions it, to this it, issue, it, right? It, it will interest you mm. to know that in the oil industry, mm. virtually everything after a find is legal. Legal first. Yes. No, no, no. I mean, I'll tell you. Mm. You know, I'll, I'll draw your attention to the United Nations, the UN has um, a resolution passed mm. by the General Assembly mm. earlier in time, um, the UN uh, resolution on permanent sovereignty over natural resources, where the UN guarantees mm-hmm. that every country that has natural resources mm. has permanent sovereignty over it. Mm-hmm. However, that's in paragraph one, if I recall rightly. And then paragraph two of the same resolution mm. proceeds to say that, and I'm paraphrasing, that the UN also recognizes the fact that foreign capital must be brought in Mm. to work this, except that when the foreign capital is brought in, it must be based on certain rules and of engagement that are emanate from the people mm-hmm. of the jurisdiction and all of that. So you realize that all these, you know, are, are provided for. And so when you bring in an IOC or an international company or an, an, an exploration production company, EMP company, mm. it has certain rights guaranteed. Mm. You understand? And so that is why I'm, I, I say that everything depends on the legal. Mm. And so as there are petroleum agreements, they show you your rights, duties, and obligations. All that it takes is for everybody to go by the book. However, mm. oil and gas operations are very, very, very risky. Mm. The risk, so you need to do a lot more mm. to de-risk 
your environment for oil and gas, for example. So the cost of exploration will come down, so then you can get more. I'm asking this because I know that in the mining sector, for example, there were p- people like Professor Akila Kwasoya who have gone through reams and reams of documents to try and renegotiate our mining agreements yeah. because they felt the agreements historically have not favored us. So having spent about seven or eight years, six or seven years at the Petroleum Commission, is it enough time or is 10 years of upstream sector regulation enough to start thinking about what goes into these agreements and whether there's some overhaul needed. So this is where I'll come in again from a legal angle and say that in every petroleum agreement Mm. in this country and also as is the norm all around the world, Mm. there there are clauses or provisions that are known as stabilization clauses where the the resource-rich country that is inviting the foreign capital Mm. is required to provide certain guarantees with respect to the materiality of the, 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 the agreement for its lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, there is provision that amendments can be made, you know, as you go on and all of that. And I think that Ghana has, Ghana has in one or two instances, you know, succeeded in ensuring that certain changes have been made to, to petroleum agreements, you know, to ensure that um, the people of Ghana get mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Than, than, than what they are receiving. I, I think that those matters are purely matters of contract. Mm. You can use law, you can use regulation. However, mm. you should also be mindful of the fact that if you don't get it right, mm. the other side... But are they not matters of policy first? Because yeah, what, policy no. comes and out of it the law derives, right? Of course. So of if the course. government at the policy level says... Our objective is that in the next 10 years, we are going to increase the share we get from our natural resources. Then the law people down say, flowing from that policy, of course, that policy must 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 not contradict international law. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying that once it's a policy, then we can then amend our law to, to fit that policy. Yes, but when you amend your laws, you understand, mm. you need to go about it in a way that is acceptable to your foreign partners, yeah. the investors, you know, in, your, in, in that, in that yeah. area. Otherwise... Yeah. I mean, in every petroleum agreement, there's provision for arbitration. Of course. And then, of course, I mean, Ghana has also, like, as is the way with, with international business, we are also involved in all kinds of bilateral investment treaties. Yeah. Where, under which um, a, a dissatisfied party can just go to the International yeah. Center for Settlement of... And some have won... Excellent. Uh, uh, yeah. And got in judgment... Two, two final things. And so we are not... I hope I'm not uh, discussing that lecture. I'm just trying to <laughs> tease that. There are a couple of things. If I were there, I would have asked you... So globally, the, the Global South seems to think the developed countries are being hypocritical when they push energy transition. I'll give an example. So they were talking energy transition, energy transition. Then Russia, Ukraine happened. Then Europe realized they're not going to get gas and they're going to have a cold winter. The three energy transitions out of the window, everybody's gone back to coal, right? But for us, we also want to industrialize. We have to use dirty energy to get some level of industrialization. It's like, no. Meanwhile, if you look at the the quota of pollution, the Western world has polluted so much more. I don't know if I'm going to deal with those thorny global issues as well. It's part of it, and I think that um, Ghana launched this energy transition framework at the last COP in Sharm El Sheikh. Uh, no less a person than His Excellency the President, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think he's been very consistent in saying that, yes, energy transition, yes, but mm-hmm. it must be a just transition. Fantastic. It must be a just transition. But look, there are issues of energy security mm. and, 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 and other matters, sustainability and other matters. And mm. in, in my opening comments, mm-hmm. I talked about the origins of energy, where globally we started from the surface, and then the industrial revolution, mm-hmm. which happened between 
Great Britain, Continental Europe, mm. and also the mm. USA mm. happened, you know, the, the period that happened. Where was where was Ghana? Where was Africa when you know the, the movement to coal mm. um, 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 uh, oil and natural gas, you know, started? Mm. Africa was nowhere. Our contribution to all these pollutions and what have you is mm. virtually, you know, mm. nothing to write home about. And so mm. the, the quest for a just transition is something that ought to We probably need to invite you back when you finish the lecture to, yeah. to do a more sure, drill. So this is what day is this interview? Is this a uh, session? Tomorrow. Oh, just tomorrow. tomorrow. What time of day is 4 this? 4 p.m. tomorrow at the Great Hall. Is this open to the public? Open. It's a public lecture. Do we need to register to attend? You don't have to. You How can sure. we follow if we are not there? Is it going um, to stream? It's, it's going to be streamed online on uh, University of Ghana social media. Yeah, you've been doing well with that. I, I've, I've followed a few of the yeah. inaugural lectures. Mm-hmm. Professor Gajeku, Professor Doji Chikata, and I think... It's it, it, the the appetite for scholarship is increasing, mm-hmm. although there's a view that academia and industry don't interact that much. So academia will do whatever they want to do, industry too will do what they want to do. So it's good you brought an industry person into yeah. the ivory tower. Hopefully after that we'll have a, a more interesting okay. discussion. So Egbert, good to see you. Thank you very so, much. So this time, yeah, we are taking petroleum to the University of Ghana. Pa- wonderful, and I'm sure after that you've committed some more scholarships <laughs> for the university. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> So, yes, yes, so we're going to ask him to to do that for us. As if I knew. But 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 I, I found a very fun, nice fun fact uh, that about Edward. Uh, no, no, no. That uh, electricity started from my hometown, second year. Ah, you are from second year. Yeah, and you first street, know. first street, second year. You only you only discovered it today. Yes. Wow. Well, there's a lot more. I mean, the towns and wow. all of all of them are, are maybe are second year. Should say they want to be national capital. They give us the best musicians, by the way. That we know for sure. Thank you very much, Egbert Fibil, Junior. He's the CEO of the Petroleum Commission, uh, Dr. Clement Upper, co-chair of the 75th anniversary University of Ghana, my alma mater, Caleb's alma mater. Yes. Yeah, if I had a school on Temkan Kamebo, <laughs> yeah, arise Olegon yeah, and declare the, 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 the course of freedom. Yeah. Proceed in truth and integrity to make our nation, nation proud. So it's tomorrow, 4 p.m., and it will be online as well. All right, so I got a few birthday requests that I feel if I do not do, it will not be fair. This one I got from Van Vika to his wife. So uh, if you can just permit me, uh, it's a rather longish one, but I feel I need to do it for him. Um, so Van Vika says that uh, it's been 29 birthdays and he doesn't know what else to say about his wife. Her intelligence, her beauty is unique. It's like butterflies and flowers fastooning her personality. The kids and all the... They basically just want to say you are too much. So happy birthday to you, Mrs. Adjoa Van Vika. I love you, my cash bat from your husband, Van Vika. And then there's another one coming in uh, to um, Marian Kuchenyo of ADB. Coming in from Prisla. God bless you. And grant you all your heart's desire. Love you loads. To Marianne Kuchi and you. Wonderful. So that's all we have time for for today. What a show.